Hello and welcome to the One One. I am BJ Ryan. Episode seventy six is sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. As always, I'm alongside the man they call the Perth Racing Guru, Terry Layton, in One One Studios. G'day, Terry. G'day, Mr. Ryan. How are you? I'm really well on this Thursday morning. Very well. It's so. a lovely Thursday morning, isn't it? You feeling a little bit older? I know you turned. 40 a, uh, a while ago, but yep. uh, I guess I guess for some people, it's not to you actually celebrate. I'm still recovering from your 40th, actually, so thanks for that. But are uh, you feeling a little bit older this this week? Uh, You're looking at Older and wiser, yeah. <laughs> I'm 40 years old, full head of grey hair with uh, braces on, so I'm going really well <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> no, no, it was good, actually. Thanks for coming along on Saturday night. No, it was a cracker. And... Uh, I think I, I think I got to sleep about 4 a.m., which is it's a long time since I've been awake that late. So um, yeah, the uh, this week has been very light. Let's put it that way. Been, yeah, yeah, no, it's been especially a light. with uh, Mother's Day the next day. There was a lot. There was a bit going on. Oh, it was challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah was Mother's Day was extreme. I think I would have been happy to be asleep by 4 a.m. It was a um, <laughs> yeah, set ourselves a fair campaign um, over the journey there. But uh, cracking night. Good to uh, catch up with. Uh, with all your, your 27 sisters, is it? Is it about 27, 28 might be? They just, um, they just kept going until they got a boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. got to finally meet um, uh, Mrs. Ryan and yep. um, and Bernie was in, in top form as well. So, uh, no, cracking, uh, cracking night. I was just saying to you before, it's, uh, I looked at my watch and it was 11.30. I thought it was closer to 9.30, 10. I hadn't... Uh, Got to have a chance to pop around and see everyone, but uh, no, good good crowd there and um, looking forward to your 41st. You set a precedent now. <laughs> I actually left out at the, at the casino. He was uh, he was keen to keep playing. He was still going, was <laughs> he? He was keen to keep playing, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I think he... Uh, I think when, he you, when you're hot. I think you won a monkey too, so he's, yeah, he's very happy oh, with himself. Dearie, mate. Yeah, well, no, I, uh, we didn't have much success at the old... Uh, yeah, the old chip factory. <laughs> a bit of a bit of a donation it was there, a little bit of Mission Australia type stuff. But uh, uh, we'll try again next week, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Belmont's not Belmont season is not yeah. far away, Terry. You know what you well, know, you know what Belmont means, don't you? Actually, just while you're on that, actually, yeah. we're out we're out there. We've got a big group of us. Obviously, Dig Deep's going to race first up Belmont Sprint. Big day out there. Anyone wants to come out and have a beer? We've got a a big group of lads, a lot of racing lads, a lot of uh, Dig Deep owners. Uh, probably roll to the Camfield after watch the watch the footy and get to the other. Uh, chip factory after but uh we'll just give some early uh, just early notice a big day at the races 29th of may so the let's get out there could double up as a bit of a uh, one one catch up i think so yeah, yeah i think so yeah. yeah just a bit of an impromptu an impromptu type okay. catch up yeah. but nothing um, nothing formal nothing mate. nothing out of the ordinary just a just, just a catch up just a little one yeah just yeah. a little bit of how do you do i reckon the champ will go around about 60 to one as well because i reckon i reckon most of this field will probably push forward to the uh to the belmont sprint so when he gets up at 60 to one dear you may i, I won't be aiming the for 4 a.m. on Thursday morning, I reckon I'll try and get home in time for next week's podcast, I reckon. So the field that Terry was uh, alluding to is the Roma Cup field, mm. which uh, lays ahead uh, on this Saturday. What a race. This is um, this weight for age 1,200 metre sprint, the, the winter bottom of the winter. Um, now, this is, a, this is a cracker. So Roma Cup day, um, what do you think about when you think about Roma Cup day? Uh, Italy. <laughs> Italy. Uh, what do I? Uh, what do I think about? Um, it's always been a very enjoyable day at the track. It's always uh, been at Belmont. It's usually, I was about to say, it's yeah. usually been at Belmont. Ascot's a far better. Um, 
on-course facility. On-course yeah. facility place to have it. But Ascot is, um, yeah, Ascot is absolutely cooked. Someone needs to turn the oven off at Ascot. The, the, sorry, the surface. The surface, yeah, it yeah. is burning. It is absolutely horrid. You can tell, I mean, you've, you've heard from a few people uh, who ride horses that, that there's potholes and there's this and that. I mean, this, that's openly reported on, but it looks, um, you sort of don't know. You have to have a lot of forgiveness. There's a lot of horses getting done by 10, 15 lengths at Ascot coming out the next start, winning at other tracks. There's a lot of, yeah, it's just a, it's disappointing that it's on an end of season dead surface, I guess, or what is an end of season it's surface. Tired, I yeah. think it would have been a good opportunity for, um, to kick the Belmont season off this week and, uh, with a nice fresh pad. Um, but, uh, yeah, Chrissy Nation has done a great job with Ascot, the amount of racing they've had on it this year, but it's just had enough. Also, that just pushing further back into May just leaves itself vulnerable to those big uh, big rainfalls, I suppose. Which is mm. we've had, we've had we've had a couple, two or three significant rains in what the last month or so, um, and they've sort of been on or around race day as well. So that chop, that, chop, that chop. hasn't helped. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's not really what Ascot is designed for, you know. So, but I can understand why Perth Racing want to have Roma Cup Day at ascot in terms of the on-course experience and all the festivities that come along with with uh celebrating i guess all things um italian uh and especially when when you look at the state of belmont park itself it just doesn't um i don't know it just doesn't cater for an event like roma Cup so i can understand why they're caught in two minds do we do we have it at the superior track for the good horses or we just have it at the superior venue for the for the on-course patrons for the good patrons yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but mamma mia it is a good field <laughs> yeah it is a, a bj field. it is a very good field uh, headlined by the 11 year old absolute freak oh yeah rock magic what a horse he's been. He certainly has been, and we'll uh, we'll obviously speak to Michael very, very, very shortly, BJ. Um, but yeah, I flicked him a text after the barrier draw, and I said, "Geez, they haven't uh, the barrier gods haven't read the uh, the script here." Um, it's a shame he's drawn out the car park. But wouldn't it be some type of story if you could win from the widest gate, BJ? Well. Let's ask Michael Ganjimi. I reckon he might declare him from the outside gate. Yeah, what do you reckon? I think he might do. Let's get him on the blower. Okay. And in the spirit of Roma Cup Day, Terry, we have the 11-year-old Marvel Rock Magic trying to make it three Roma Cups at Ascot this Saturday. And uh, who better to talk to than co-trainer Michael Ganjimi? Michael, it's a pleasure. Welcome to the one-one. G'day, fellas. Thanks for having me. Michael, um, everyone, uh, you've, as uh, I was just sort of saying to you before we popped on air, you've been a bit of a media superstar this week. Is it about, uh, is it about uh, Rock Magic or is it about you? Uh, <laughs> no, mate, it's all about the champ, Rocky. Uh, you know, I think it was like this uh, for the winner bottom and it's just great that he's getting the credit he deserves and no one wants to talk to me unless Rocky's in, so it'll be a sad day when he retires <laughs> and uh, I disappear in the background. But uh, no, mate, it's all seriousness. It's you know, a horse at 11 years of age to still be doing what he's doing, he's zest for racing and to still uh, be so competitive at that elite level. Um, you know, at 10 and 11, he's been placed in Group 1s, which I don't think he's ever been done before. So he's, he's a pretty special animal. Just to give uh, the listeners some context, Rock Magic actually debuted at Scone, uh, a bit of uh, jam and cream on your Scone, uh, in a maiden, one by four and a half lengths, over 900 metres. I think he's, uh, then again, he can still probably win over 900 metres these days. On the 16th of March, 2013, and six, since Rock Magic debuted, BJ, there's been five Prime Ministers of, uh, of Australia. So how about, uh, how about that? He's he's the horse of a lifetime, Michael, isn't he? Really, like uh, fifty nine starts now. He's won sixteen races, one point six million in prize money. He uh, since you guys 
snap him up. He's he's, I guess he's taking you to um, you know to Victoria and New South Wales, taking on the big guns at, at the highest level. I mean, what more could you ask from? I mean, what did what did you what did you pay for him initially from from the Masaras, Michael? And and what was the process in 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 securing securing this horse, which has basically changed changed yours and your family's racing lives? Yeah, mate, it's, it's a good question. Look, um, we bought him for a hundred from Arrowfield. Um, we'd already purchased a couple of horses from them previously. Uh, we managed to get Windswept. It was a nice horse, and um, obviously the, the quality of animal that uh, those guys breed. Um, he showed a fair bit of form early and and went off the ball. And we thought if we could get his confidence back, we might have a, a nice Saturday horse on our hands. Uh, so a lot of people that purchased in uh, some really loyal owners of ours that have been with us a very long time. Um, we never dreamt we'd go on a, a journey like this. We're definitely blessed to um, get our hands on him. And then every time we raise the bar with him, um, he just, you know, we thought, okay, we've got a nice Saturday horse. I think he strung three Saturdays in a row and then went to a, finally at his first preparation for us and won that. So I think 2014 was his first stakes win uh, in the finally for us. Um, and then seven years on, here he is again, still racing at that elite level. So most horses don't race seven years in their whole life. And, this bloke's done it at the elite level um, every prep, and uh, he's, he's just an amazing animal. And to take us on the journey he has, um, it's just been a blessing for myself, the ownership group, and and as you said, the whole family. He's, um, you know, travelling to Melbourne is you know a childhood dream growing up to be able to take a horse east and compete at that level. Um, but you know, when you're when you're standing in the mounting yard, you know, with your Chautauquas and uh, your Red Zeals and your Red Kirk Warriors and Lightnings and New Markets and TJ Smith. Um, you know, the boys from the West are just over there just pinching ourselves. Uh, it was just, it's just been an amazing journey. And the scary part is he may be 11, but he's not done with yet. Absolutely. He, his Northern Stakes run the other day was absolute cracker. I can't believe how well he went. No, uh, no. <laughs> uh, from just the way that you guys sort of had to ride him uh, under the circumstances. That was first up 1,100 metres in the Northern Stakes. He has won that race before. I think he holds the race record or the track record at Northern, but had to go around them and and uh, finish second to Cup Knight, who who sort of got the, got the inside runs and cut the corner. Um, I guess before we go too deep into the, um, some of the Rock Magic stuff and the Michael Gangemi story, the listeners want to know what – what can we expect from the champ on Saturday? Uh, look, he doesn't know how to run a bad race. Um, you know, when the barriers come out, it put a bit of a, a dent in the fairy tale because the horse is working unbelievable. He's worked on Tuesday morning with first class. Um, you know, some of the sections he reels off at track work under a holder. You know, I've never seen it before. <clears throat> and, you know, he hasn't slowed down at all. So, you know, he's run the other day. I think he reeled off at 32.3 last 600 and that's circling one hell of a field they put together at Northern. Um, and at 11 years old, I don't know many 11-year-old horses that can reel off a 32.3, going wide and circling the whole field. So that being said, he, he hasn't really lost uh, anything. He's still the highest-rated sprinter in WA. If you look at that field, he's, he's at 110. Um, you know, there's Group 1 winners below him, but none of them have his rating. So he's been able to hold that rating with consistency and, and performances um, and to still be rated that high as an 11-year-old um, is just is just ridiculous. So every race we put him in, we know he gives his all. At the moment, we're going to sit down with the ownership group. Uh, when he drew that barrier, we've walked the track today, um, had a good chat with Chris Nation as well, and um, tomorrow afternoon we'll make a decision on whether he needs to go around. He's got nothing to prove. Um, so fingers crossed, um, you know, we get the right sort of track and we weigh it up and, and make that call. Otherwise, he'll go to the paddock and he'll come back for one last winter bottom prep and uh, that'll be it. As a 12-year-old? 
Yep. Outstanding. Outstanding. Can you, can you quickly touch on his uh, the relationship between Rock Magic and Jared Noski? Now, Jared is a um, he's a dual license. He's he's a trainer and a jockey. He's also got his own breaking and education uh, for for young horses now. Um, He's been a special horse uh, to everyone, but but none none more so than Jared Noski. Yeah, Jared and the horse they they get along so well. Jared's like family to us, also. So you know, I've known Jared since he was a kid. I knew Jared's parents when I was a kid, and um, so you know, we're we're, we're a pretty tight family, and those guys are, are considered part of our family. And to have Jared ride him through this journey um, and travel east with him. Uh, Jared was going to hang the boots up um, several times, but he keeps saying, I won't hang them up until Rocky does. So uh, I think a couple of years ago he was going to do it and he, Rocky just keeps lifting. So uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't hung them up yet. Yeah, and, and he got, got back in the winner's circle for you guys yesterday as well. Uh, was it Written Matter at Ascot yesterday? Yeah, straight, straight correct. In the front. That correct. was good. Um, yeah, we sent that horse to Jared to do a bit of barrier work. And um, and I think he liked the feel of him, so he said, "Oh, I'll keep riding this one too." So <laughs> he's he's never going to hang the boots up, uh, Michael, because I'm sure you guys have always got a good horse in your camp. Hey, I was listening to the a cracking interview that you did with Gareth Hall on on Radio RSN yesterday, and you spoke uh, or you gave some really amazing insight into when the the, the day when when Rock Magic. Uh, I guess injured himself, and um, it was sort of touch and go as to as to not only what was going to happen with his racing career, but but whether he you were going to be able to save him. Um, you don't have to go into it as as, as deep today, but I, I think a few people, for, for me included, forgot that he had to he had that injury and that that he suffered, and and just how amazing it is that you guys and uh, all your vets and staff were able to patch him up and to have him still going at 11 and to even be considering a, a, another winter bottom tilt into his 12-year-old season is quite phenomenal. So just what was the injury and, and how long did it actually um, sideline, him, sideline him for? Yeah, look, it, it was just a freak accident. He was on the walking machine, which he goes on most days, um, and he was trotting around. He was feeling a million bucks like he can do and getting a bit up and about and he hit his knee on the walker. Now, the first reaction, he, he was so lame, we thought he had fractured his knee. And um, he got off the walker, we got him off straight away, and he was pretty much hobbling on three legs. Now, it did appear at that point in time that the first thing is he's whacked his knee, it's blowing up, there was information heat in there, and um, we obviously had to pretty much carry him onto the truck on three legs, rush him into Murdoch University. Um, they did x-rays straight away. And they realized that there was no fracture, so they couldn't find what it was. They thought it could have been ligament damage, but he was in so much pain, he just couldn't put weight on that leg. Um, and then eventually uh, they scanned it and they found that it was a, a called hemarthrosis, which is bleeding behind the knee. Um, and uh, it's obviously caused by trauma. He's, he's hit it. Um, and then obviously the issue with that is um, you can't find where it's bleeding. You know where it's going, but um, to try and survey a blood vessel that's bleeding is very hard to do. So... They operated and just cleaned up that joint. Um, we, at the time, just told uh, David Murphy, the professor, who's a good friend of the family, um, do what you can, mate. We don't care what it costs. Just save his horse. He means everything to us. So at one point, it was just about saving him. Um, and then it was uh, put him in the paddock and just give him a nice green um, a green paddock to retire into. And he pretty much sulks when he's in the paddock. He doesn't like standing around. He wants to be in work. So we ended up putting him back in work. And since then, he, he won that northern um that Northern Stakes in track record and state record time. 
Um, and that was a, that was a very special moment in racing to, to have him come back and do that. And since then, he's also travelled to back to Melbourne, run fourth in a Manicato as a ten-year-old. Um, he's been placed in two Group One since that uh, that injury as well. For me, the uh, the sign of a um, a really good horse, though, uh, Michael, is when they get a uh, a bar named after them. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's really when you know they've made it. Uh, for those that are unaware, there's a little bar out the back of Ascot uh, called the the Rocky Bar or the Rock Magic Bar. The Rock um, Magic Room, yeah. Been been lucky enough to be invited in for a quiet one there uh, after the races. How did uh, how did all that come about that uh, he uh, managed to uh, get a bar named in his honour? Uh, look, yeah, that bar was shut for many years and uh, they were using it as a storeroom and it needed a fair bit of work uh, done on the room and um, I offered to uh, throw a bit of money at it and replace all the glass in the windows and, and, and throw a bit of money at it and uh, ask the turf club if uh, they'd be kind enough if I threw some money at it, if we could um, use that room for our ownership group, which is quite quite a large base and uh, they were happy if we invested in the room that we could do that and so we work in conjunction with them and uh, and obviously uh, as, as this all started racking up the wins, um, he was pretty much the one putting the money on the bar all the time, so it was only obvious that uh, we, we named it after him. Now, speaking about your uh, your big ownership group, it's a uh, it's quite well known, and the um, walking the horses in uh, some of those photos are absolutely cracking. A lot of those success, and obviously Rock Magic was run purchase from Over East, um, but you have. Well, you probably have the greatest success uh, out of all uh, out of all the local trainers at importing them um, over from the east. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about uh, how you identify them and who well who does the identifying and um, the process in, in getting some of those very nice horses um, across from the east to race in WA. Uh, yeah, mate, um, we've been pretty lucky. Um, I know most of the strike rate coming from the east is you know people only would normally sell a horse if there is it has got a problem mm. and they haven't been able to fix it. Um, you know, we try and target horses that at one point showed the ability side and they may have gone off the ball and hope that a different environment we train out in the Swamp Valley so we've got paddocks and, uh, you know, they're not at the track every day or locked up in a box. So um, we try and get the best and try and rejuvenate their careers. And if we know they've got the ability, uh, we've got to back ourselves in to try and get it back out of them. doesn't work all the time. Um, but if they've got the ability, that's half the battle. Uh, then we've just got to try and get them sound and, and get them back to the track. I, I know exactly the recipe now that we're looking for. We've got a profile of horse that we sort of try and target. Um, and if they pop up, um, we're pretty keen to get our hands on it. And uh, sometimes you've got to wait a while and sometimes they just uh, rock up in your lap and you've just got to take the opportunity and, and, and back yourself in. So, Michael, you and Chris have are a tra- – your brother Chris, younger brother Chris, are a, a training partnership. Your father, John, um, was, was a trainer when I was growing up and then Chris took the reins. What was that? Was that uh, 2009, 2010, somewhere along, along the way there? Yeah, approximately yep. about then, yeah. Yeah, and then then obviously you have uh, – your, your name is on the door now, Chris and Michael Gangemi, the training partnership from the beginning of this season, I believe. Um you're a busy guy. Uh, uh, you can you can tell us about about your life outside outside of racing. But what? Why did you want to take that 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 leap personally and uh, and put your name to the stable after um after your father's trained and then then Chris trained the horses and obviously you were the 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 key um, managing uh, manager of the stable and and your name was obviously in at the front of all the horses. But now you're now you're a trainer as well, co-trainer. Yeah, mate, look, to, to be perfectly honest with you, Dad, as you said, uh, was more of a hobby trainer. Uh, before and after school, um, I was pretty much um, uh, his servant and pretty much did uh, um, uh, slave labour uh, growing up. Um, so I was the one doing the yards and the waters. Chris was more the footy player. 
um, and I was more involved in the racing side of things. And as the um, the business started to grow, um, uh, we obviously went through some tough times financially. So Dad, um, you know, we had to get rid of a few of the horses, and um, I went out and was lucky enough to get into the building industry, which um, kicked a few goals there. And we've got a few. Uh, nice building companies uh, ticking over nicely at the moment. So that funds the operation. But uh, once the business started to go good, we wanted to get back into racing. And that's when um, we pretty much uh, started up again with Dad. And then pretty much Chris and I took over, but we just put him in Chris's name. Um, but to be honest with you, mate, nothing's really changed um, in regards to putting my name on the paperwork. It was just uh, when COVID hit, um, you know, Chris and I do everything together. Um, all, the, all the programming, all the work, everything's done together so there hasn't really been a, a change or an adjustment we did take over from dad i think you said in 2009 um but what happened there was um just natural progression with dad um, handing the reins over to the boys and and we did that but uh with covid and traveling the horses east it was just getting a little bit more difficult um without my name on the on the training um partnership um to get things done so we just thought it would just be a lot easier just to do it and the, the business model has grown um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty hard work when there's only one person that can do certain things. So, uh, I just took a bit of the responsibility off Chris just to help him along the way. So one thing that does fascinate me, Michael, about, um, your, your stables training philosophies and, and, um, and the way that you run your businesses as well is that the, um, you're always, you're always looking very eager to learn and, and I'm sure you've got your mentors in your business side, but is it right that one of your, your mentors and I suppose great, great friends in, in regards to thoroughbred horse training and, and the racing industry is leading Hong Kong trainer Casper Founds. Um, are, are you able to, to tell the listeners about your, your relationship and what you've learned from from Casper and how that has helped your, I guess, your horse racing business? Yeah, mate. Uh, look, Casper is, is a great family friend, um, you know, his wife and children. Um, every time they, they, they come to Perth, we spend a lot of time together. Um, we travel up to Bali together many times and um, Cass's wife, Alex, um, Lana Hutchinson, who's from Perth, um, and they obviously used to live in Hong Kong and her and her husband, uh, trained up in Hong Kong. Um, and, uh, Cass met Alex up in Hong Kong, but they're originally from Perth. So, uh, Cass's, um, in-laws are pretty much based here in Perth. So he does do a bit of traveling to Perth. And you know, I was lucky enough to become, um, friends with Cass probably 15 years ago now. Uh, we really hit it off and, uh, uh, we're lucky enough to have a mentor like that um, who we can lean on. Um, and in this racing case, you, know, you can get taught so much by your father growing up. He's a hobby trainer. But then when you get someone of the Ilka Cass and, you know, we head to Hong Kong and spend time up there with Cass and have done that many times. And just to watch him in action, um, I'm just in awe of what he can do with a horse and what he can see and things he can do. And when you're able to lean on someone like that, when you're a bit lost or you've found a problem you don't know how to fix, um, you know, that. That's priceless, and um, to have someone like that, we're just blessed um, to be able to lean on uh, someone of that ilk. So, what does the so I, I you said that you've got your your building businesses, which are obviously very successful in their own rights, but deep down, I'm, I'm assuming that you you've always really wanted to be a horse trainer. <laughs> what uh, <laughs> what uh, like all going well? What are what are some of the the things that that you and your brother would like to achieve under the the Ganjimi Racing Racing banner? Obviously, um, you, you're still investing in tried horses in yearlings. I noticed that you you breed some as well. What what is the what what does the future hold for for uh, the Ganjimi brothers? Yeah, look, we 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 love what we do. Um, you know, as I said, the it's become more of than just a hobby. <laughs> it's got pretty big. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of fun along the way. Uh, we obviously. You know, really love our ownership group and, um, you know, referrals of friends of friends that it just continues to grow and build. And 
you know, some of the days you have at the races, you have your ups and your downs and, you know, we're all there for each other. So if we do have a rough day at the office, uh, we're back in the Rock Magic room having a beer and drowning our sorrows. And if we win, uh, we remember it and we celebrate because it, it's hard to do. And, you know, if we can continue to churn out winners and, uh, you know, we've had a few really good seasons and I think it's pretty evident um, in regards to our transformation as we're continuing to evolve and learn um, that when Cass has really, you know, really helped us along the way, um, we're always learning and always willing to learn and um, we've got to continue to change with the times. And um, if we can continue to, you know, churn out winners, um, you know, everyone's happy. So I love my WA Racing history and uh, I'm pretty, heard, pretty sure I've heard this story a few times, but can you please tell uh, let the listeners know um, your family's involvement in the creation of the Roma Cup. I'm pretty sure when I was working at Perth Racing a long time ago that I saw a photo of the AS Roma uh, Football Club at Belmont Park Racecourse back in the day. Francesco and, Totti. And uh, they they visited Perth. I'm pretty sure this race was to commemorate their their arrival in Western Australia and it's been continued since. It, it, what's the family connection with this particular race, Michael? Yeah, mate, that's a good question. My uh, non-nor, so my father's, Dad, my grandfather, uh, he inaugurated the race, um, I think 1966 or something like that. Um, he's the president of the Perth Italian Club for a very long time. Uh, he's a cavalieri, which is, he's actually, uh, he's been knighthooded. Um, he's oh, wow. a, uh, got an order of Australia medal. Uh, he's still a justice of the peace now at 97, rising 98. Um, and he's got <laughs> a very heavy, heavy, he's just a, what's his, what, what's his name, Michael? Uh, yes, Michale Genjemi. So uh, he's, I was named after him. Oh, very uh, good. He's an absolute legend um, of the Italian community. And uh, he'll be at the races um, on Saturday. So uh, he's a superstar. He used to present the trophy every single uh, year. And I used to watch him do it as a kid growing up. And I always wanted to win the race so that he could present me with the trophy. So, yeah, in 1966, I believe he, he was heavily involved with the Italian community. And uh, he wanted to organize a race in the honor of um, Roma visiting uh, Perth and so they did name it after the AS Roma as a football club and uh, he managed to put it all together um, and since then obviously he's been presenting it for the last uh, you know, 40, 50 years and so to actually win it a couple of years ago in a row uh, and have uh, our non-nor present me the trophy was very, very special. Trifecta the race as well. Yeah, that was a that was a bit of a shock, but um, yeah, we tried to load the bases up and they, they trifected it, so that was that was a good result that one. Out of the out of the ground. Now the race is being run at Ascot this week, Michael. A bit of a uh, bit of talk about the Ascot track being a little bit tired, and I'm sure uh, uh, that's part of the reason you walked it, as you as you mentioned earlier. Um, look, gun to your head, would you prefer it was uh, was run at Belmont? Yeah, in a nutshell. Uh, Belmont, Belmont looks amazing at the moment. We do all our fast work on that inside track, and when you just see the surface at the moment. But look, um, I understand why uh, the races at Ascot, the facilities there are a million times better than Belmont. The beers um, will taste a lot nicer I'm... in the Rock Magic Bar if he happens to salute as well, <laughs> isn't it? True. Very true, but at the same time, you look at the welfare, and I've put the trainer's hat on and say, the welfare of the horse, you want to go over a, a beautiful, fresh surface um, as opposed to um, a, a track that's uh, very tired and there's not much you can do about it. Most tracks um, in most states, they switch tracks week to week. Obviously, Ascot gets hammered, you know, two times a week, and um, there's not much they can do about it. And when the rain comes, that track does deteriorate pretty quickly. So, you know, the disappointing part is um, that track at Belmont is absolutely magnificent, but Belmont doesn't have the facilities to, you know, support a massive day in crowd like uh, it could be on Saturday. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. There's the, the two school of thoughts, and, um, yeah, a little bit disappointing, but uh, as I said, I'm sure we uh, – 
the uh, you'll be pretty happy if uh, Rocky can salute. And uh, as I said, the beers will taste pretty good uh, in your little uh, venue. Before we let you go, Michael, we might just quickly uh, get your thoughts on your uh, your other three runners on the meeting. Um, Poor old Floyd, he hasn't got to mention at all. Yeah, he? I know. <laughs> Floyd's, Floyd's going to actually in my little write up. Actually, Floyd's been a little bit um, a little bit stiff. He's, he's a ninety three rider, so he's not a true weight for age horse. But with the set weights and penalties ratings uh, races, he doesn't get the weight he should off some of the good ones either. So you really. The only races Floyd uh, can run in are those sort of handicaps, which are few and far between in the, in the sprinting calendar in WA these days. So um, yeah, he's a hard uh, a hard horse to place, isn't he, Michael? Uh, that's correct, yeah. He's sort of stuck in uh, no, no man's land at the moment. Um, it'd be nice if the handicappers wanted to drop him a little bit after a couple of those runs, but we'll just hang in there. Look, at the moment, he's probably lost a bit of his zip, and uh, we're really dying to get him out to 14 and 16 as he's getting a bit okay. older, but um, obviously there's a process we need to follow to get to that. And um, as I said, uh, he's sort of stuck in no man's land. It'd be nice to drop a couple of points and get him back to a rating race. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, on his day, um, he's a very good horse. Uh, but obviously, uh, I think he just wants probably 14 at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got McCanto in race number five. Have, uh, have you sent him to, to Jared to work on his barrier manners? Because uh, there's, there's a fair bit of upside if we can get him to step out of the machines. Yeah, I'd love him to jump and box seat on the weekend. I think mm. if he can get into a spot where he does have an electrifying turn of foot and he, he's a very good horse, um, but he's been a bit of a late mature and he's still learning his craft. So. Um, one day he's going to put it all together and he's a very, very smart animal, but um, it's a pretty slick field battle. I'm surprised it actually come up on the last day. I've got to put a field together like that. So um, we'll wait and see and hopefully he can jump and behave a little bit better. And uh, if he does that, he'll definitely be somewhere in the finish. And then you've got uh, Highland Beat in the last, who looks uh, who looks a really nice uh, play from the map. Yeah, if he can lob into the right spot, he should be awfully hard to beat. His, um, his first up run was super. Uh, second up, he just got run off his feet, and he should be crying out for the, the 12 now, and he's drawn a good gate, and Mitch um, gets along really well with him. So if he can posse up in a nice spot, um, he should be right in the finish, hopefully. And now finally, before we uh, we definitely let you go this time, Michael, I, I need to know the situation. What Tell, tell me about that. Where, where's this come from? Oh, look, it's just a bit of a code name that uh, all my friends know. And, uh, you know, sometimes you put yourself out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've got people find you that you don't want to find you. So um, we're yeah. flying to the radar as much as we can, which is really I've working. Just, I've but, just ruined that now. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> hey, Michael, i got two more. Sorry, Terry. Um, you've got the Rock Magic Room at Ascot. Where does your huge ownership group get to drink at Belmont? Well, I was speaking to Tony Favazzo about that at the track <laughs> on Tuesday morning because uh, we do have a room at, at Belmont. Um, obviously, everyone's welcome as they are in the Rock Magic room. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, the old owner's and trainer's room up the top of the escalators to the left. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that, that's where everyone will normally find us. And, obviously, with COVID, the, the room size couldn't be used last year, so we had the beautiful new deck up the top there. But, uh, look, wherever they're happy to, to place us in the group, as long as there's Cold beer, I'm sure we'll all be there. They'll have to be called the Durendal Deck or something like that, won't it? No, nah, rock, Rocky times too. It's, it's all about rock magic. Um, and, uh, the Floyd Froffies. <laughs> the Floyd Froffies. And um, is there, just for the listeners, is there a horse on the horizon that we haven't seen yet or a horse that you guys are pinning your hopes on? Um, the next to, rock's magic. The next rock magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next rock, next rock magic. Oh, to be honest with you, mate, I don't think we'll ever get one like him again. Mm. And, uh, you know, we've just loved that ride for the last seven years. And, you know, if we can get one half as good as him, we'll be happy. And, 
you know, we've got some really nice three-year-olds coming through the ranks. That horse that won yesterday, if he can uh, work on his manners and behaviour before and after a race, um, he could, he can go a fair way. Um, so yeah, it's, it, we've got a nice a nice bunch of three-year-olds coming through, and um, we're just hoping that um, they can take the next step as they get into their fours and fives. And as I said, uh, you know, it's very hard to go from restricted racing to listed racing, then to group racing, then to group one racing. So we just pray that we can find a nice one and uh, they can go on with it from there. Um, Michael, thanks a lot for joining us, Terry and I, here at the 1-1. One, one. one thing that we, as WA Racing Lovers, we really appreciate is um, just the enthusiasm and the, uh, just the, I guess, just the collective sort of inclusive nature of, of the Ganjimi Brothers Racing Stables, the celebrations when you win, the the investment into the, the industry that you guys do, like uh, big hats off from, from us and... I remember being at the races when when Rock Magic um, won his two previous Roma Cups, and the place just erupted, and it was just such a such a thrilling environment to be on on course. It makes such a difference when when people enjoy their wins, and there's a big ownership group, and it's really cool. and uh, and, we, and we love uh, what you guys what you guys do and what you bring to the industry. So personally, and from here at the one from the guys here at the one one, thanks thanks to you, Chris, and the family for uh, for everything you do for the game. I appreciate it, boys. I appreciate your kind words, BJ, and uh, thanks, mate. We love the game and we love the characters in it, and uh, it's all about having fun at the end of the day. We're here for a, uh, a good time, not a long time, so uh, if we can enjoy it with uh, as many winners as we can get, um, we'll be definitely trying to win as many as we can. Beautiful. Thanks, Michael. Good luck on the weekend. Thanks, boys. Okay, listeners, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Roma Cup Day. BJ Ryan, Terry Layton, we are recording the 1 1 Your West Australian Racing podcast. It is just after 10 a.m. on Thursday, the 13th of May. Northern in action this afternoon. Roma Cup Day at Ascot and the opening Port Hedland meeting of the year on Saturday. Is Port Hedland a venue that captures your imagination, Terry? It's actually one of the very few I don't get involved in. Um, it is, it's about an eight hour drive from Carnarvon, six or eight hour drive from Carnarvon so some of the horses make the trip but it's a bit of a um, yeah it's a track and I won't be getting involved again this year but Carnarvon different story okay mm. oh, cool so uh, Port Hedland half dirt half turf yeah, as well it's very <laughs> <dearie to> <laughs> me. it's yeah. uh, insane that wait till wait till about 4pm on Saturday when I've had a tough day at Ascot we need to blast peering out. across to uh, to P Hedland and, and seeing what's on offer see what Tommy Pike's got in yeah, yeah um <laughs> Yes. See, if Ray, see if Ray Malpass can make the journey. <laughs> Good luck to the, the Port Hedland Turf Club, of course. And uh, also, the final Great Southern meeting of the Is season. Is this it? Yeah, wraps up oh, Albany on no. Sunday. It's the only track I can win at. Yeah. Deary Mouth, I thought we had a few to go. Pretty sure, pretty sure this yeah, is it. Yeah, okay. So, I looked at it a while ago and we had six or seven to go, but that could have been six or seven mates ago now. Well, it's like mid-May now. Deary it's man, unreal. Yeah. And, uh, oh, at least Kalgoorlie's about to... Being full swing. Trigger. Roy yeah. Rogers is about to knock SJ Wolf off the perch and claim his first uh, Great Southern training title. So there's a there's a new sheriff in town, yeah. Roy <laughs> Rogers. So congratulations. It's been it's been a good year down there, uh, Albany, Mount Barker, and the Great Southern, and uh, everything comes to a conclusion this Sunday. Certainly has. And make sure you stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing Mastermind, and the Market City meets get out stakes competitions and there might be a little um little mix up with the uh the mastermind today might be a new host bj 
Yeah, are you claiming yeah, that I'll claiming hosting? We, should, we just say I'm doing it. Yeah, hey, you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. involved. yeah, I was looking up some some trivia, so I thought, would, uh, why not? I'll, I'll take over episode 76. I'm due. I better sharpen my pencil mm. and get get ready for uh, for what the guru has to has to offer on this week's edition of the WA Racing Mastermind. Also, just a quick shout out to the Horse Racing League. Just a bit of an update. Uh, interesting to see that. The New South Wales Tycoons secured themselves their first tried racehorse. It was called the Sherpa. And the Sherpa made its debut at Mudgee on Sunday wearing the uh, the pretty flash Tycoons colours, not too dissimilar to the uh, the New South Wales Blues um, rugby colours, actually, the state of origin. But uh, the Tycoons, they had the Sherpa going around at Mudgee on Sunday and it finished a very good second after showing some promise at trial. So it looks like the, the Tycoons, they are up and running in New South Wales in the Horse Racing League. And uh, they, um, yeah, it was good to see them get a positive result kicking off, even though they are the rivals of the WA Black Arts. So if you want any more information on the Horse Racing League or the WA Black Arts, uh, go to blackarts.net or the TRL Facebook page. Plenty of plenty of good content on their Facebook page as well, Terry. There certainly is, BJ. Um, should we get cracking on this week's preview? Let's do it. Roma Cup Day. Roma Cup Day. The rail is at the three-metre uh, position for the entirety. We haven't raced uh, down at this pad for a while. Recent midweeks have been obviously out, and last week was at the nine. It's the true true, isn't it? It's, it's the, the true true. It, well, it's, it's where we kicked off the season. It's the it? real true. Three. Book ended it at three metres, I yeah. think, from memory. I mean, I think we started the Ascot season about six years ago from the way it feels recently. But, um, yeah, book ending it at the three metres. Big easterly in play, BJ. Oh, mm. not big. Sorry, that's probably the wrong... Uh, it's probably incorrect. It's 20k easily, which is meaningful enough to play a part. Um, I think we just we, the track is worn, but it's a pad that hasn't been used for a while. So the inside pad, I reckon it's going to play pretty on pace, to mm. be honest, BJ. I think as the day progresses, we'll see some horses make ground bigger fields uh, and whatnot. But um, it's really interesting because the first couple of races, and which we'll touch on in a second, I personally got leanings to horses and, and strong leanings to horses who will hurry race off speed, but I just think they're, they're massive watches just because of that reason. So um, play uh, play smartly early, and if you do like a, an on-speed runner in the first couple at a price, um, you might be onto something. I just couldn't really follow myself. Okay. So, yes, Roman Cup Day, Saturday the 15th of May, and a race one. We kick things off with the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap, Terry. Yes, 11.54 a.m. I did uh, Richie Callender once say, snap, crackle and punt. Um, <laughs> that's not that early really, is it? For most people, 11.54 a.m. But uh, look, this is a uh, an ordinary uh, little event. These same sort of horses keep plodding around together. Snippy Miss is a new one in there, which I don't think from the widest gate at 1,100 can impact. Um, misquoted goes far better with... Mitchie Pavin in the saddle, but um, only won the one from 33, gets back. Um, speed map, key BJ, who have you got on top? Have they tried to sit Bosnip recently? Will they do the same again? Does Jew West ping the gates here after? I've got forgiveness for Jew West, but mm. I also don't think Jew West is going that well. Um, sea Wave can go quickly, 52 kilos from the widest gate. Surely they just put the foot down, try and go pink and gray. They might try and emulate last week's best run for a while or last fortnight's best run for a while With when a sitting. Seat, yep. Might just try and park on them. So what leads? That's that's yeah, that's well, your first question. That's I, probably if, a key if, question. If I was Justin and Lucy Warwick, I think Bostip's best form is when it's led. Admittedly, it does um, get a bit of a puncture late. I'm not sure what they've gained out of riding he, her patiently recently i think last start was by design, design on the heavy yeah. track the previous couple she ran into quick fields yeah so for me if I, I, 
I predict, I'm predicting Bosnip leads with uh, Seawave crashing across and sitting outside. If Bosnip and if the Warwicks are committed to um, not to lead on Bosnip, then Seawave is your likely leader. Yep, agree with that. Um, Bosnip leading, Seawave and the Breeze, and it's um, Bosnip can actually win the race, I, I, I think. Probably can give the last few a little bit of forgiveness, but um, look, I'm, I'm not definitely not going to be backing Bosnip because um, I'm going to try and have a little bit of. Self-respect. Hang on, it's 14 bucks, Bosnip. <laughs> hang on. I looked this morning, it was six or seven. Yeah, I opened seven out to yeah, nine. Hang on, I've just had a little bit of a He's up. He's a up. little bit of a double take. Um, I still don't think I'll back Bosnip. <laughs> I still think Bosnip's week is pissed. But uh look at as I said, eleven fifty-four AM Easterly, firm part of the track. That inside pad is gonna be uh, a very, very, very nice spot to be, um, BJ. So uh look, I think playing red needed the run first up. Um Adam actually said that pre-race. I'm expecting playing red to come on a long way. It's just how much ground she has to um, just not not a horse that um, uh, not a horse that I have a huge amount of faith in playing red over the journey. But yeah. um, look, it's the obvious on top selection. But I'd I'd be wanting four bucks to play playing red here. Currently so. three dollars. Yeah, I'll look. I'll, I'll boss it fourteen bucks. It's, it's your leader, and you want to be leading at the stage of the day. So um, I didn't mark this race with any real preciseness. Is that a word? Yeah, that'll do. Is it? Yeah. yeah okay. Precision. Precision. Yeah. <laughs> Precision <laughs> is the word. Yeah. Theory, mate. But uh, look at, at the value. Uh, Bosnia, fourteen bucks. Um, yeah, we could have something small on, but no, nah, I don't know why I'm talking. I don't like the race. Yeah, challenging little race to start the day. I think I'm with you. I, I liked. Well, I think we both liked playing red first up the other day, and uh, I was just about in the queue at the two. Every, every man and his dog was on, and it drifted, drifted like the wind, despite the fact track conditions and track pattern suiting. I just didn't. I just didn't understand that drift. It must have been something in the yard. Mm. It's a hard one to quantify. Yeah, that drift, BJ. And it was home too, wasn't it? It was home. So, uh, fitter. They knew fitter. Uh, hopefully, doesn't have to get back. Uh, too far in this eight horse field from gate four uh, drops a little uh, that two and a half kilos uh, weight drop is handy as well um, there is a, there is some doubts on just how much um, of a killer instinct playing red does possess but got the good jockey on stable in form uh, coming off a good first up grounding run this looks set up for playing red to to knock off either pink and gray or due west with uh the wizard going back on board and we all know what happens to due west when pikey rise i think uh all four wins have come with the wizard on board His performances go due north yes yes they do 100 so i'm with you playing red on top uh it's three dollars thin Jeez, i've yeah, I remember the time uh, Kalgoorlie round and we'd um, actually didn't have a bad Kalgoorlie round, but uh, I was with uh, Crip and Dane and all the lads and we popped over to the um, the, lads. the tower, the tower. Yeah. And um, was Chrissy Nelson there as well? Chrissy Nelson was yeah. there, yeah, 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 all the lads. And we'd uh, <laughs> absolutely uh, declared playing red. I, I think Crip had gone full units to subs and we were all just absolutely guts in and um it couldn't lift its legs. Yeah, absolutely yeah. could not lift its legs. The race won by Chrissy Graham and um, Johnny Jackman. Uh, high fryer, perhaps. Dog shit. Oh, dearie, like, like dearie me. It went dog shit. Went better actually. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I've dog never shit. forgotten that. I've dog never, shit better home. <laughs> dog shit better home comfortably. So uh, tends to go better in the wet as well. And it's probably going to be a good four come Saturday. So yeah, look now playing red definitely on top. Um, just good. Three, just three pairs back should win, but I I, I think. If you want some value, you look at whatever you think is going to lead. Sea Wave um, maybe with Kay Bennett on board. Oh, what? yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. Bosnia you, might be a little bit of value. You are right. High Fryer did win that race. Yeah. Them. Jesus. Um, yeah. I noticed that Brett Pope produced one first up yesterday and it just went whack. 
Yeah, I. It's funny. I did a bit that of was, um, uh, Sky Five. Yeah. Sky Five. I've, I've had a bit of a, a look into it. I'm trying to. I think that actually, I don't think anything exactly. But um, a few of Brett Popes have run five out of the SP recently on wet mm. tracks. So I don't know if it's the way he trains them or if because they're different breedings. Horses like Divine Shadow and Sky Five. So I was trying to come up with a theory why that is. But um, Brett Popes on wet tracks tend to go really quite well. Street Fair went really well on wet track the other day. Right. Um, so anyway, interesting stuff. Not really that interesting. Race two. Uh, Think, for- things don't get all that much, all that more interesting in uh, this race, though, do they? Amelia Park Plate, 1,400 metres for the babies, the two-year-olds. Yeah, no, they don't. Um, yeah, I was hoping you could provide a bit. The, the, the thing that is interesting here, and as I alluded to before we kicked off, is um, I think most people will be, will be having a look at Bazoom. Mm. Um, Uniquain's been stiff at its last couple, and um, – uh, so they've drawn nine and ten. So what do they do? They go straight back to last. And with the Easterly, are they going to find it hard to make ground? It's really, really interesting race. Rommel's command will probably go forward and lead. Um, it won a nothing maiden last start, but still did show some tenacity to do so. I haven't really got a strong opinion here, BJ. The only thing I'll say is that Uni Queen has had no luck whatsoever. It actually led a trial beating, beating Ritnick Seed. So if they can fight, somehow get her to step and get her to go forward, yep. which she does not look like doing in the slightest. Um, I don't think it's fair that sort of Bazoom is going to start three bucks or three fifty, and and Uni Queen will go around four times that price. So yeah, I'll, I'll be looking maybe at, at Uni Queen um, every chance from the wide gate that she trades sixteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty dollars late on Betfair. But uh, no, nah, not a race I'm overly bullish on. Bj. Yeah, you, you, there's sort of negatives on everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, ain't no other man is current favourite. I expect that to. Ch- Switch around with Bazoom to start favorite, but ain't no other man's thousand. If you're on different agencies, have bizarre Bazoom favorite. Currently. Okay, yeah. Okay, so ain't no other man is a thousand to fourteen hundred off twenty one days, which is interesting. But scratched it, a week ago. Get, yeah, gets that's probably not a bad move because this is a more winnable race. But gets the map and two kilos off for Ramoli. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Probably has some um, that featherweight form lines pretty good for a race like this, and it ran fourth to Flying Missile, Ultimate Command, and Estrape. Uh, last start so if any of those were in this they'd be pretty short i would imagine so ain't no other man is going to get going to get its chance especially from the draw the uh so it has to be hard to beat Bazoom, what do they do from the outside draw 10 uh it would be nice to see him being a little bit more more positive it has been a bit handier in trials it does have those two runs under its belt now up to the 14 maybe brad does look to be a, maybe land midfield if he can but then that leaves out leaves the possibility of getting posted three wide no cover um other than that Romulus command leads i actually thought gold shizzle was good on debut behind ponyo <clears throat> pardon me beating home bazoom uh chris i'm expecting chris Parnham to come across with Romulus command perhaps missed the kick on debut didn't it yeah from one it was just mustered up yeah there. that was yeah i, I thought I, this day will love to be aggressive so they'll yep. definitely look to go forward I think, yeah if, um, if, if they can jump i think uh Romulus command leads with cold shizzle on the outside so for me it's it's hard to be hard to be too confident about anything really. I had Bazoom on top in in the leg up, and that's the way I'm going to go. Not with a, as I said, not with a uh, huge amount of confidence. I ain't no other man's going to get its chance. Rommel commands a likely leader, and cold cold chisel. Uh, trials were good. Debut was good. Probably maps outside leader. Uh, other than that, it's um yeah anything could bob up and surprise. A couple there's three first starters. I don't know if any of them are good enough to win at this stage They're, they've all shown bits and pieces along the way but uh for me gun to head i'll be going 
bazoom up to the 1400 i think it's going to be strongest late yeah, uh, purely on the price differential, um, Uni Queen, but it wouldn't surprise me if you see better late. She's been stiff last uh, last couple, so um, Sean O'Donnell pick up ride. Absolute, yes, absolute it is. It's funny she was being eight point six last start, um, but it was actually a super run. Well, there was a there was, was a day a, where you wanted to be on speed, but also time. there was a horse that pretty much dragged. Yeah, dragged it right. Dra- just, just uh, wasn't in some, the race. Uh, was it Mud Mudchucker? Something uh, like that. May have been. Yeah, 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 may have been. But she was basically just never in the race, and she started two dollars eighty that yeah. day, so she has paid pretty. Uh, Pretty strongly, so look, I'm I'm definitely not jumping out of my skin, and but if we can see something north of fifteen dollars each way, um, I'll have something small on, but not uh, not too keen, BJ. Yeah, yeah, okay. Race three, moving on to the Crown Perth Handy. Speaking of the Crown Perth Handy, good segue. Yeah, we uh, we uh, made a made a made a dash at the at the Crown on Saturday night, so this is a full it's, rude. <laughs> it's, rude. it's rude not to. Isn't it? <laughs> Actually, uh, so fourteen hundred meters, uh, special conditions, graduation, handicap. Uh, interesting to see a couple of three-year-olds going. Um, we've spoken about this in previous editions of the one-one Terry. Three-year-olds uh, taking on the old horses and getting um, getting into these graduation handicaps quite well off from a weight point of view. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two of those, they they had the market, don't they? Sun Sun and Billy Ray. Yeah, they do. Um, look, with the easterly in play, early days. Did you have Sun Sun uh, crossing? I think most people have Sun Sun crossing to the fence. Um, you concur? Yes. Or did you have that? The, the one the one issue I had with that was potentially um, Excaro last start. And Excaro traditionally can jump pretty well or can jump pretty well at times. Some campaigns it seems to – she seems to come out and be able to ping the lids. Others not so well. But she jumped well first up. They handed up on a slow speed to star line. I don't know whether the camp just might have in their mind. Let's just – if we jump first with the big east, let's just roll along the top. Well, I, I don't know don't know why they handed up. The other no, Got, just, got to the lead so easily. A, I think it was just a pre-planned tactic and there was no plan B. And if you moment. look at the section, it was handed up like walking as but well. it also went very poorly. It, there was no yeah. – still went poorly in the straight. It was probably entitled to do a little bit more. But, um, yeah, Xcaro is not necessarily um, going to be a major player here, but could be a major player with the speed, speed map. map. If, yep. if Sun Sun crosses or finds a fence, there's no way Billy Ray comes from last with the Eastland and beats Sun Sun. Could be good night. It will be good. Would be good night from the breeze. There's some type of chance. Um, I think the big danger from the breeze is Mini winning. Um, three big runs with Mitch Pateman, Mitch Pateman, Mitch Pateman. Just didn't go as well for Jade McNaught. Um, you either make the decision that the horse is trained off for a smaller trainer, or that it just really goes for Mitchy Pateman. And looking at those three previous efforts, it might be the latter. Um, but if Excaro holds up and Sun Sun goes to the breeze, Mini Winnie probably uh, parks on the back of Sun Sun. One um, one. Yeah. Well, there's just all the other horses start the Friday, Billy Ray Wednesday. I thought Overthought, I, Treasured Crown, On Red Alert, So War, they're all really slow beginners. So I, Mini Winnie gets the runoff here. I thought Treasured Crown might muster end up outside leader if Sun Sun leads. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. I didn't. First up, 1400 for a stayer going forward. Yeah. It, it sort um, of it, it did that in its trial. Yeah. Um, the and the only reason why I say that is because it's sort of drawn immediately outside. Oh, it's drawn around Sun Sun. So yeah, it might so follow it underneath. Maybe. Yeah, potentially. Well, there is the – as I said, the rest of them just don't go early. So you won't, you won't need that much speed. It's weak speed, to yeah. To tag along. So, yeah. yeah. But, look, oh, I think Sun Sun, um, yeah, we're super, 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 super hard to beat here. The prices are just going up. We're what actually you, recording as prices are going up. What do you, um, think, what do you think of the price? Uh, I'd, I've marked Sun Sun $2.70, but I never expected to trade much above 3 bucks. Mm. Um, I just think – that uh, he has to be popular with the Eastley, with the map. Uh, Joey has a party. I think Joey has a party's on. It's quite a funny booking because you would have thought that uh, Mitchie Payment would have got 
ride number one, uh, option number one. But I reckon that because he was entered midweek, Mitch has taken the ride on Mini Winnie. I yep. then reckon that Lactar. Uh, Romoli would have got the option, but he's probably taken the ride on, on red alert because they weren't sure if Sun Sun was going to go around. So that's my thought process. It leaves Joey as Joey has a party on, but I think it's the type of horse that really suits Joey as a party. Goes forward, nice strong jockey, yep. on speed easily. Um, I think Sun Sun just wins, but I'm I'm going to um, hope for three bucks. I want three dollars. Um, if I get that, I'll play and I'll be getting my money back, Mini Winnie. From a speed map point of view, I think that's the only danger. And after being pretty keen Billy Ray last week, I'm going to take uh, him on pretty strongly here. Yeah? Yeah, it'll be some effort for for Billy Ray to come from. Where's he? He's going to be last, really. Has to, has he has to, to be, be last. Last um, or wider. Yeah. Yeah, I was just a touch over three dollars for Sun Sun um, in my market, but now talking to you, discussing map, discussing conditions. Yeah, high twos is almost a good price, really, isn't it? So, uh, especially just the the way I'm actually two sixty, yeah. The way that the the way that the stable is going as well. You're right, Joey has a party. Does really suit these horses. He can get them uh, get the best out of these on speed types. Does a really good setup for Sun. So carries weight as well, doesn't he? And and yeah. I, I was surprised how well he actually went. First up over twelve hundred, and then second up over eleven hundred. I don't think that's his go. No, rising third up to the to the fourteen hundred with those two really good performances under his belt. This is this is and set don't up. worry yeah. about the um the loss to Divine Pair. I reckon Divine Pair absolutely swims. Like I reckon it's a flippers horse, Divine Pair. So beat time scale the run before that. Even though they've walked and Mitchie was given the win that day, beat home first law. She's a charmer who obviously has come out and won since. Carries more weight there, and this is an easier race yep. with, a, with a better speed map. Was uh, was so, scratch from Belmont? Yeah, yeah uh, from he didn't, yesterday. Durant said he didn't want to run um, Sun Sun and try for us against each other. Um, he, he'd probably be a little bit disappointed now. In saying yeah. that, I think Sun Sun will win this, so he yeah. probably won't be too flat, but uh, that race would have just suited Sun Sun to the ground yesterday, uh, the way the track was playing. But um, yeah. Be very surprised. I think if Sun Sun gets beaten, it's going to be mini winning, um, but definitely keen. So, so if we can back Sun Sun, good crack, three bucks, money back, mini winning, seven, eight dollars. That's it. Very happy. Happy days. Race four. The 2021 Australian Racing Hall of Fame inductees handicap. Oh, do you know I'm on there? Well, yeah. We, are you getting nominated, Terry? Oh, I'm Already on there, wouldn't I? Did you, did you get, <laughs> Terry or Terence? Did you what, get Tarwin? What did they say? Well, apparently I was called Terence because um, just in case I was ever knighted. That's genuinely a true story my <laughs> mum told me. Um, my old man wanted to – I was named after Terry Lamb, famous uh, Canterbury Bulldogs rugby yeah, league player. Really yeah, yeah, he was his favourite. It was either going to be Steve over, after Steve Mortimer yep. or Terry Lamb after um, – or Terry after Terry Lamb. So he went with Terry, unfortunately, because so one, you, one so thing I strongly believe So your dad was a Canterbury sport? Big, big. Yeah, he was uh, – I think his old man was the number one – Get older for years. Is that right? He lived on. Um, he lived in Bankstown on the same street as Stephen Mark War. He grew up, I believe, or say it wasn't the same street. It was very close to Stephen Mark War. Right? So big, big Bankstown supporter. Um, yeah, he was a big Hazemil Mazri. Loved his Daryl Halligans. Mm, Hazemil Mazri. Vungana. Yeah, <laughs> the boys back in the days. Yeah, no, I used to get right into it. But um, yeah, no, I think uh, rugby league's a dog shit sport these days, unfortunately. <laughs> so no, uh, no real interest. And I think they've dropped off the dropped off the. Uh, How the bulldogs? Face of the How the bulldogs yeah, I think go they're going on. poorly. But yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't followed it closely at all recently to be honest so anyway moving on bj um interesting race here um over the the 1600 let's it's a yeah sorry guys it was a 78 plus handicap but because they couldn't get a top weight it's uh 74, 74 plus yeah. yeah uh speed map once again do you give that's funny as any chance of crossing saucy with the 52 i give 
that's funny as every chance of crossing Saucy, yeah. Okay, do you think Saucy's slowly away? Um, and then that's funny as uh, – so just cross us. Is that, is that the simple uh, – so I'm trying to do two things at once here. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, they'll, they'll want to lead on Saucy, Jack? Yeah, that, I just just like the way that that's funny as can build, especially from that draw. Maddie just comes across with speed and maybe, maybe just sort of flashes past. They won't Saucy try Jack. and be super aggressive, Saucy, and just say, as I say we're not handing up any cost. 52 makes it easy to accelerate with. Yeah, I just thought maybe the mile they might might – that's funny as might have too much toe. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I mean, either way, I think if that's funny as wants to go 100 miles an hour, uh, sorry, if Saucy Jazz wants to go 100 miles an hour, that's funny as showed to start to go that it can, it doesn't have to lead, to, doesn't have to necessarily lead to win. Yeah. Yep. Main reason I ask, I think if that's funny as crosses, the race is all over. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't cross and sits in the breeze, uh, I still have it on top, but I think it's susceptible to losing from gotcha. the breeze this deep into the campaign. So, um, yeah, this is a race that I'm really not keen on. Um, want to take on not to be missed with the track pattern going up in weight at the four odd dollars, I think, at the moment, BJ. What price is not to be missed? 360. Yeah, that's. That's pretty thin. That might be a that might be a, a Larry Lay day. That one, I think. Um, what do you think of last start? He's got a few favours. Got a few favours, but um, <laughs> so Adorn it was due to get the favours. Adornment leads. Shock leader. Yeah, shock leader. Adornment, another one, by the way, of the second up theory. Big mm. run first up, stiff. Second up went absolutely. Even though they went hard, led, yeah, went still up, popped yeah. very early. So look for it. Look for improvement. Adornment here actually leads and rolls off the fence. Not to be missed. Gets the run along the rail. Well, adorn. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. But the thing is here, adornment probably um adornment probably tags. That's funny as and saucy Jack and, and gets first crack at him and um. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Adornment um, improve sharply. Um, I, I agree. I think they went six to seven lengths over far, seven, uh, yeah. um, benchmark to bun faster than average to the 800. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly right. Yeah. So, But it, it popped worse than, um, worse than it should have as well in saying that. But, yeah, again, the, the second up theory had a journey, um, 1,600 to 1,500, and was super first up, um, only beaten 2.7. That's funny as. Gets a little two-kilo swing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, not a race I'm overly big on playing. Um, I've got that's funny as. You just, well, I'm sort of waiting for that's funny as to put in a shocker and say that's the end of my campaign. Um, but in a 90% market, I'm three bucks it's That's a funny. As three seventy, Bruce, who's just doing everything right, and seven fifty adornment. So it's they're all pretty close to my tough bugger. Tough moment. bugger, isn't it? That's funny. As even yeah. the, other, the other day, I was like, yeah, I reckon, I reckon it's going to be doing well to finish top four in the Diggers Cup. Mm -hmm. Just getting up, cleared the, out from fifth too. It was a good run. Cockney yeah. Crew came out and won last last did. Saturday. Maricino, come play with me. Trapper Fools. They were the three horses that beat him him home. Maddie Derrick's ridden this horse twice for two pretty pretty good wins uh, over the over the Ascot sixteen hundred meters. I don't think they're going to deviate too far from what that funny as is good at. Ridden to advantage, rolling along on a day that is we, we're expecting to suit on speed horses. Uh, I just think if that's funny as turns up, he'll just be he'll just win again. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. It's um, the way he's doing it, as you said, he's doing it tough and he's doing it hard. And uh, if you say in the morning, Saucy Jack, little line through it, I mean, I, you probably mark that's funny as starting with a one. Yeah, to I, be I, honest. I've so. got that's funny as 270. 270, yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm three bucks. Three bucks, sorry, you said that. Yeah, in a 95% market, but. Um, Again, part of that is I think I, I'd, I'd almost have that's funny. I'm not I'm not sure if we had a cross saucy Jack. That's I'm I'm sort of on the fence mm -hmm. in, in that sense. But um, 
yeah, it's, it's funny how Saucy Jack who goes around 100 to 1 is probably one of the major players in the race in the race in that sense. One horse I wanted to keep an eye out. I reckon he is just about ready to – he always wins a race every prep. Well, God. Mrs. Brown's boy. Oh, okay. Mrs. Brown's boy mm-hmm. has a good record at the Ascot Mile. I actually didn't mind his Diggers Cup run the other day. I yep. thought that was – he was he did follow the winner and got a pretty good trail and fought on all right. Um, but this – much better suited in – in this race, um, the 74 plus, um, gets, it's gonna get a nice run from the draw. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mrs. Brown's boy be the big improver tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, on Saturday rather. Arguably not suited at the 19 and 1800 yep. last two starts. Um, yeah, record at the mile is definitely, it's a plum trip in place nine of the 13. So gets a soft run in behind them. And it's a race where you can you can knock quite a few of them for various reasons. So uh, can definitely see where you're uh, you're coming from there, BJ, close to uh, to 20 bucks. Before we leave this race, yes. how did Bruce Almighty beat Billy Ain't Silly last Saturday? Oh, I'm Incredible sure. stuff, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm not, not too sure there. It's, um, Billy Ain't Silly leads, kicks Bruce Almighty three wide with cover throughout, just keeps coming, keeps coming. Chrissy Parnham just too good, gets the gets the nose down right on the line. Yeah, they're certainly going for Chrissy at the moment. I think Lackdar, if he had his time again, we talk about, um, and it's a few people talk about the fact that Perhaps Pikey's strength isn't on leaders, mm. um, I think, and we all love Lakdar. And Lakdar's his rides on sit and sprinters are quite um, incredible. Very patient man, Lakdar. Um, I don't think Lakdar is necessarily the best apprentice for front runners. I'd probably prefer a, a Christie or a um, or a, I can't think of any other apprentice's name at this point in time. Matty Derrick um, yep. out in front rolling along, which uh, I know a lot of people will probably disagree with, but I think Lakdar just doesn't judge the pace as well or he goes for the stick a bit too early. And I think that's what happened with Billy Ain't Silly. He went for the stick before the 200. Um, and I, like, I would have liked to see him hold the horse together for another 100 metres because he actually controlled that race pretty well out in front. Yeah, and I, I think I, he just went for the stick a bit too early and that's – so when he went for the stick at the 70 metres, the 50 metres, it sort of didn't have its impact or it's uh, that he was hoping for. I think he did, it was just a bit of an inefficient ride. He he bounced him out, was very keen to lead and uh, sort of burnt a bit of fuel to get there. And then when he got there, he sort of slammed on, on the brakes mm-hmm. a bit. If you watch this, the way that the field compacted after he crossed, crossed the lead, uh, I think... Billy Ain't Silly could have just built around them. There was no rush to get to the front. He could have just sort of gradually built there and then because he's got stop, that. Stop, start, stop, start. Yeah, stop, definitely. start, stop, start, which left him that little bit susceptible. Horses aren't cars. Exactly, and that's what it, how, how we felt like. And the sectionals that I saw back that up as well. But anyway, Neville Parnham, absolute uh, masterclass training performance with this Bruce Almighty to, mm. to get this horse to do what he's done in this campaign. Like... I don't know. That's it's a, it's quite incredible from from that camp and from from Neville to to. I think he pinched a race. It was hot rails day, leaders day. Pinched a race, and everyone was saying afterwards in the post uh, the post race yeah, analysis that that was, oh, it. That was it. Yeah, he got, he got his win. Are, are we gonna like? It's almost time to. Um, draw a line and I think he's won two or three races since then so. oh he's a uh, yeah, nice one to own Chrissy Blackwell loves it yeah he's uh, had a good ride with uh, with Bruce Almighty and uh, Bruce Saxfield who runs Oz Racing as well um, yeah no that this is a top of what you love you, you're probably hoping you can snare a one Saturday win and next thing you know you've got a bloke who might end up winning 250,000 in his career yeah so, I think um, he's almost sort of building yeah. like in a war god type of sense who end up winning a listed race at one point I don't know if Bruce will win the listed race but he's now a 76 rider alongside war god here mm. which is uh, yeah very interesting.
Very Interesting good. here that they haven't opted to claim on War God 2. Lactar was available um, and they've stuck with Jade. Um, but I think from Barrier 1, you put Lactar on with the 54 and War God comes right into it. I think I think that's a bit of an oversight from the stable there, perhaps, BJ. Okay. Okay, it's now time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition, BJ. That's right, Guru. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Actually, we got some got some photos from uh, two of our yes, previous uh, Mastermind winners, Timmy Marlowe and uh, horse trainer, actually, Jeremy Eastope. They were both at the- Go Mund- on in today, actually. Keep yeah. it sweet. Okay. Good luck, Jeremy and, mm. and team. Um, might even drop into the Mundaring on his way home from Northam. Celebrate a good second to memorable miss. <laughs> okay. I hope so. <laughs> uh, so that was good to see that the the um, the, the mastermind winners are going up there and using their vouchers and uh, checking out the Mundaring. So, yeah, and um, if any of our listeners happen to get a chance through the neighbourhood, drop in, see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. He was in fine form at my 40th on Saturday night. He's a good man, Butchie. He had a 9 o'clock curfew and I think he stayed till 11.30. So um, good man. Stretched and, it. <laughs> stretched it. Uh, so, yeah, let Butchie know you're a one-one listener and he'll look after you. That is for sure. Congratulations to episode 75 Mundaring Hotel Mastermind winner Lawrence Torpy. Uh, Lawrence, he got uh, all three questions correct. That one hundred dollar gift voucher is in the mail. And I just, I was just looking through is the he form. A, an form. Owner? Yeah, I was just looking through the form Thank last night. Man Booker. I think he's, I think he's been involved in some of those horses. Mm. He does have a runner on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercanto. Oh. From the Chris and Michael Ganjimi yard. Get he, to that shortly. You'll get to that race very shortly. We'll get to, yeah, obviously. And uh, yeah, so Lawrence um, has got quite a few horses. I reckon he might even be in Beret, actually. Okay. Uh, but anyway, he has won the Mundaring Mastermind $100 voucher last week. Congratulations, Lawrence. And if good luck. Punt, if he's punting on Beret every week, he might need the $100 gift yeah. voucher. I think that's what he said, actually, in his response to the victory. He said, I think um, my tribute is better than my, the way that my horses are going at the moment. So congratulations, Lawrence enjoyed the the voucher and um so to be crowned this week's mastermind terry um don't forget if you want to get your uh answers in send them via direct message to us at the one one pod on twitter and uh terry is the quiz master for this week so i'll go hand you over to the guru well i think we've got to uh, i loved your idea last week about um getting uh someone on the blower and have a champions versus contender top setup so i thought mm-hmm. i uh, better get in and have one crack at doing it before we change the format potentially bj so um maybe next week even hey stay tuned we'll see yeah, anyway watch, watch this space question number one who was Prime Minister of Australia when Rock Magic debuted in 2013? Oh, that's a good question. It is a good one. I like that one. Um, so Kevin 07. Hang on, you can't talk. Hang on, I'm just trying to do the maths in my head. Yeah. Um, anyway, while you're doing the maths, I'm going to move on. Question two. Question number two. Tom Pike and which current hoop hold the record for the most wins in the Roma Cup? Sorry, say that again. Tom Pike. Yeah. And which current jockey hold the record for the most wins in the Roma Cup? Ooh, okay. Yeah, got you, haven't I? Yeah. You've gone deep. Tommy Pike. Question number three. Tom Pike, the trainer. Yeah, it was a jockey. He was a jockey back, back in the day. day. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. Wow. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to include I, I thought we'd uh, – we'd, let some of the, uh, the younger listeners have a chance if I included uh, Tommy Pike as part of the answer. They might, they might be struggling. So, um, but in 2018, the uh, the Jan Jimmies 
uh, trifected this horse race, the Roma Cup, who were the three uh, runners that trifected that race. There you go. You got to get that last one. Oh, what was the third one? They're the, it's, you know what's funny? Mm. I had to look it up. They're the two that I, um, they're the two that I got. I wouldn't have got the third one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I've done very well here. Um, <laughs> let's go. Uh, no, no, two out of three. Oh. Yeah. Pro- it's tough being on the other side of the ledger, isn't it? Come on. Prime Minister. How is that? That's a good one, hey? isn't it? Like <laughs> How that. is that racing related? That's, that's really good stuff. I um, like that one. Yeah. It's more just trying to show you the um, – as, how as, we touched how on, ago. as we touched on with uh, Mr. Jan Jemmy, uh, more just trying to touch on the longevity of rock magic. What a star. Yeah, what magic. a superstar. What a um, superstar. Yeah, so via direct message on, uh, on Twitter and then you can be in the running for that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring. Terry. All right, let's uh, do race number five now. BJ, over the 1,100 metres. These three-year-old races continue to be really interesting betting affairs. Um, we got, on... got a good good bunch. I think we do, yeah. yeah. T- time will tell. Time will tell. But I, uh, I agree. I, I really do think we, um, we have a nice bunch. And um, uh, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty keen to get involved here, BJ. Uh, first of all... Um, very speed map orientated day. You'll notice I'm asking you for most races about your map just because I think if you can get a nice horse um, on a good map, you're going to be pretty hard to beat. But for me, this was a sticky speed map. Um, I didn't have any obvious leader. Time scale jumps pretty well, but doesn't muster all that nicely. So with the blinkers on, I think if they're, they're keen to lead on Sassy Trader, they can probably cross. Miss Lavinia isn't a great beginner, um, but she's probably the best musterer of the lot. Um, so depending how the track's playing at that stage of proceedings, they might look to go forward on her, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they look to take a hold, um, looking at Sassy Trader and even just a pinch one spot outside. But um, I think Sassy Trader can probably hold the top. Miss Lavinia works to the breeze, BJ. How did, how did you map it? Sassy Trader. Sticky. Leading Miss Lavinia outside leader. Oh. Time scale leaders back, just a pinch maybe in the 1 1. Yeah, pretty similar. I don't think just a pinch gets, I think just a pinch is deep here. Over the 1100. Yep. I think there's enough there for Divine Pair. Um, no, or, or, or yeah, I guess if Divine Pair doesn't kick up and get the 1 1, yep. then you probably do have it with just a pinch type thing. So yep. um, for me, a lot of it will come down to how much work Miss Lavinia has to do to get to the breeze. Uh, as I said, she's been a little bit tardy away on a few occasions. If she has to work and muster and pop to the breeze, it's it's then it's then a lot harder to sort of have that same um, impetus and that same kick at the end of the race. But I, I was taken by her last efforts uh, against Acromantula and and Vedette de Star and obviously Chrissy Parnham going on is a big positive for her. But um, look, I it's been a while since um, since one of Bob's return that I've been quite excited about one of Bob's um, returning. I know you're pretty keen. Two BJ, but uh, look, it's a 62 Raider and a 62 plus who I think looking at the recent trial, I think Graceful Girl might have come back a more furnished horse um, than she went out. Um, we all know she had the motor, even losing a couple of maidens. She didn't lose all that many admirers at the 280 and a $1.55. Um, demolished them over the 1200 with Chrissy Parnham on third start. And then Pikey went on in a small field at Ascot and um, 
while the race was run to suit and, and she didn't beat a huge amount, it was uh, it's the way she did it and probably her last 100 metres, which is the most impressive. Um, four kilo apprentice, Jet Stanley. Uh, a lot of talent, but he's still got a lot to learn. He jumped on her in a trial and I thought, oh, this could be interesting because she's a horse who can miss kicks, can do things wrong, can be hard to ride, can need scrubbing up. But she just travelled smoothly just behind the speed. He got her wide and without too much urging, she went past him. Um, and there was a couple of nice ones uh, just in behind her there. So, look, if, if she's improved at all from, from – barrier five with a speed which i don't think um as i said miss lavinia is the big query on speed whether she can um come across and get there softly then she's definitely a big chance of um stealing it if so but look i think graceful girl ends up probably in sixth or seventh not too close to him and with the 54 i reckon the last 100 uh she can define easterly and um yeah i think she can rock it past him bj yeah, it's exactly my thought process on this race, Terry. The biggest danger being the other three, and White Philly. Yeah, uh, Mystical, Mystical View, second favourite. Mystical too. View for yep. mine. She uh, she's ran second in a Belgravia. Um, Magical Dream won. I think Mystical View ran second. Watch Me Dance, Gemma's Sun. Never has much luck with the barrier draw either. Yeah. Uh, has had two trials. Interesting to note that this filly is now with Adam Durant. Usually. I could be mistaken here, but I always thought Adam didn't usually get these horses till till they were four, maybe. Um, so, but he's uh, Adam's got myst uh, mystical view, has the two trials, uh, ran behind. We've got dreams and naughty by nature in its last Lark Hill trial. Like the way it worked to the line, hot trial, wasn't got, it? Yeah, got a bit of class, uh, mystical view. Um, however. Pike's on Graceful Girl. Romola's on Mystical View. I think Graceful Girl can maybe even land uh, one spot closer, perhaps. So for mine, I think that they'll probably be following each other, both be making their runs at a similar time. But I've got Graceful Girl on top, especially down on the on the limit weight. Yeah, this is um, this is the type of setup which has sort of been bread and butter over the over the years. Just identifying a bob horse who's got the motor and maybe just does a little bit wrong or got a little bit to learn, and then coming back for a second campaign when they look a little bit more furnished. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see Graceful Girl go bang, 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 win her next five yep. type thing. You know, so um, the fact we're getting it depends where you're shopping, triple your money type thing at the moment. Um, I, I think that's really really good shopping, and I think while this is a nice three year old race, I don't think this is a great 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 there's no real standout mystical view is the one that's probably got some top line hot zed's, hot zed's a good horse uh hot zed's a nice horse but from 60 with 60 fresh over 10 yep. that's that's not the go queen brown's been scratched midweek and goes nicely and queen brown will run a race from a good gate miss lavinia um is is not impossible but the rest of them i think are just um are just just, they're nice horses. They're nice. They're yeah. just nice. They're just yeah. nice horses. Yeah. We, we might have a top liner here. So um, interesting with the market. Actually, I've got, I've got um, Miss Lavinia's ten bucks. Mystical View nine dollars. Looking at one of the few agencies up, and um, they're actually slightly above my price too. So I, I've got Hot Z significantly longer. I must admit, it's one I'm pretty happy to take on. And, and Queen Brown, I'm also a little bit longer. A little bit longer with. But I, um, I was a uh, three thirty graceful girl. Five dollars mystical view okay yep. yeah i'm so i'm 225 yep. graceful girl um i've just i've just read this script too many times bj yeah. in the past and i'm willing to mark these horses really quite aggressively i think, um, I, think I might have the fact that there were so many nice horses in the race that you end up yeah. bringing them keeping them safer then rather just say you know what this can't this 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 should be this price instead of having it ten dollars have so it twenty one dollars you know what i want to talk about when we get to the roma cup mm. is compacting markets too much mm. and sometimes there is a, a top liner but then you end up going okay so I'm going to have 
time scale on my Canto thirty to one. Yeah, and you well, that can't be right. Mm. Uh, but it, but it is right. Actually, that's their realistic chance with that horse in the race. So yeah, that's that's it's a really interesting point. And it's something um, I think they might have done in the Roma Cup, which we'll get to later. But um, graceful girl for me, uh, Mystical View and Miss Lavinia nines and tens are slightly over my price too. But I'll just be focusing on one horse here and getting stuck into graceful girl. Grace. Grace. <laughs> Love her. And then we can grace. A graceful girl from about seventh. Just get warm on her late W. Pike. Woof. Wooshka. Very good. We'll get cracking on the quaddy. Okay. Race six, Terry, is the something pink Kalgoorlie handicap. A real little um, competitive thousand meter dash here. Uh, when I was, started work on this race last night, I. Must admit, I come up with about four or five winning chances and flipped them around in order. And to be honest, I just blanketed them. I couldn't really um, be too confident in pinpointing my on top selection. In the end, I ended up going for where are we? I ended up going for Pans Down. He's been a good horse to me. At his, uh, this this preparation on the quick back up. This is obviously the hardest assignment he's faced this campaign. But just like the way that he's been picking up underneath Patrick Carberry, he's got another low draw. He's very sharp at the moment he's um doing everything right and i think pansan will, will will give this a shake regardless i think he's a genuine top three chance but i mean what do we do here from a speed map point of view does we've got dreams cross acromantula does acromantula hold up what what, what happens with this will test you does it come out firing for william pike from gate nine there's a lot to decipher what do you reckon terry uh, I reckon we don't know. There's yep. questions that we just don't, simply don't know in this race. Um, Acromantula will be well supported. Um, I think from a, a has, has, has been this morning. Yep. Yeah, it has been this morning. Yep. I mean, I actually, it was funny when I when I was doing this race, um, I priced Acromantula $4, but I've got will trade between 2.5 and 3.3. Yep. I still didn't take the four bucks. Um, this morning, otherwise, I usually perhaps would have. Something you can do if you think one will trade overs, but you don't necessarily want to be on, you can buy in and then lay off on the exchange late. But um, I'm actually out on Saturday, Arvo, so I didn't want to be on my phone being a little pest all afternoon. But um, what we don't know about Acromantula <laughs> is, first of all, we've got Dream Should Cross because it's, it's quick. It's really, really quick, and I don't think they'll need to get into a war. And I think Acromantula... Um, we'll either sit and, and trail uh, We've Got Dreams or we'll pop out onto the breeze if um, this will test you doesn't uh, end up getting there, which I think it has has to be a major doubt for a horse with a lot of issues, mm-hmm. a lot of well-noted issues. But um, Acromantula in, in all trials and races has never done anything besides um, lead and rail on the breeze And the one occasion. He didn't – he sat the breeze um, – the one occasion he didn't lead and rail, sorry. Uh, he sat the breeze and ran last. Had excuses that day, so I'm not willing to put that down to that. But – it's just a different kettle of fish when a horse doesn't just lead, roll, and run. You know mm. what I mean? It's just a different horse race. So different pressure as well. I simply just yeah. don't know how yeah. he's going to go um, with a sit or being um, – if he does end up leading, he's going to be taken on, but we've got dreams because they've only got one plan um, with the 62 kilos. And with Kira being on, I'm, like, you're, I'm always sure that we've got dreams is going to jump well, but with Kira being on, you're extra certain because it really goes very nicely for Kira, especially the first 100 metres or so. So, yeah. um, And then this will test you. For me, it can't win from the breeze. Mm. Um, I think this will test you has more wins in her. Um, funny, funny. she was nominated for a race at Albany on Sunday. Yeah. Which I uh, – I just thought she got in quite well the way it's in that race actually. Yeah, I thought they might go that way. But, um, again, the horse with a few issues, do you want to be floating that long? But, um, look, what makes this race really interesting on, on top of that is you've got to make the decision if you think Acromantula can sit. And the second decision you've got to make – um, is if you think we've got dreams to carry the 62 and lead and win, which I don't think it probably can. So I don't think this will test you can win from the breeze. 
the, the, the gap, you've got three nice sitting sprinters in Pans Down, Silk and Eyes and Long Beach. Yep. Um, but the three horses, the other three horses, Gates of Babylon, Sharp Bob and Universal Pleasure, they're going to be in between the yeah, first three. Yeah, they're sort of annoying map horses. They're gonna be, they? Yeah, they're real roadblock horses. Mm. So um, Universal Pleasure obviously goes pretty well, but it's 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 going to be... Yeah, it's going to be gassed here and not not in this race, I don't think. So you've got three horses that are going to get in the way of the backmarkers. On paper, to me, it should just about suit a backmarker unless Acromantula really handles the sit well. Um, but those three getting in the way just make it a pest. So, look, I really don't know. Um, Long Beach, Acromantula, they're the two I've got on top. Yeah. Um, pans down, I think, will run a race. Silk and Eyes as well held in its trial. But, um, look, uh, stretched for a tip. I'll tip Long Beach. Um, but if Acromantula handles the sit, it, it, it's race to lose, I'd say. Yeah, I initially had Long Beach on top in the leg up and last-minute flip. Mm. With uh, price oriented a race, with, no. uh, and I'm going for pants. And I could just see him being three back defence, um, uh, which is a position he's won from from his last two two in a row on the quick back up. Just looks like looks like a horse who's just going to continue working his way way through the grades, and that just feels like it's going to be the right spot for this particular race. Just wonder. I suppose the only other the only horse that might be. A bit of a pest is, is Gates of Babylon from one, mm. but uh, but yeah. So it was for me. It was either pans down or Long Beach. Long Beach flip of the coin between those two. Um, just before we leave this race, Long Beach is another Cerise and White runner making its first uh, appearance for Adam Durant. Mm-hmm. Changed stables uh, previously with Team Williams. Um, I was going to bring this up in the previous race when we we spoke about Gracious Girl, Avenida Madeiro won the Roma Cup in 2005 for Jimmy Taylor. I think Jason Brown was the job. Avenida Madeira has three, is the dam of three runners on Saturday, Gracious Girl, Long Beach, and State Attorney. So there a little, bit of, uh, little bit of trivia there for you, Guru. Yeah. So, I like it. Yeah. A bit of Avenida, Avenida Madeira trivia. Yeah. One of my first winners back in the day. Really? Yeah. Who, uh, Jimmy Taylor. Jimmy Taylor, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so for me, it was, a, as I said, flip of the coin, pans down and long beach. I was thinking about taking on the two leaders. We've got Dream and Acromantula. Definitely taking on We've Got Dreams, yeah. It's, uh, as I said, we'll learn a lot. Uh, morning markets, Acromantula into 290. I think that's about what it'll trade, but yep. you got to pay to find out. And that since Long Beach 550, I reckon Long Beach might touch seven bucks or something, bet fair, and that might be a little go, but I think we're betting for the sake of betting here. PJ. Okay. Race seven is the Professor Arlene Chan handicap. Professor. Professor. Um, not Professor Mike Eppis, Professor Arlene Chan. Over t- this is a 2200 meter rating 66 plus handicap. Basically, the feeder race to this event was um, on the 1st of May, which was won by Come Right Back, Secret Pearl finished second, and Black Shadow third. There's a couple of horses in that are that are crossing over from different form lines, but it does feel like a, a sort of a Come Right Back, Black Shadow type um, contest again, Guru. Yeah, I think there's um, <clears throat> three winning chances here. It's come right back, final chill, taking on Black Shadow. Okay. Um, I think the way the race will be run and the fact this is a really interesting staying race because you've got Crezzy and Final Chill who are both likely to or want this to be a pretty genuinely run affair and make mid-race moves. So a horse like Black Shadow who parks up on the back um, of the speed where the proceeds of crime can kick up, where the Bonneville Black Bonneville tries Black. to go forward, mm. um, come right back and lead. 
but they like they prefer to tuck in as they should with Black Shadow. But then when horses make their moves, you're on the back of the ones that have tucked in. And yep. I just don't think that's how Black Shadow wins horse races. So I'm looking around Black Shadow, perhaps to my detriment. So is, is this the time when we tell the listeners that we're both declaring rivalry galore? It's definitely not. <laughs> funny, funny one though. So last yesterday, a horse by the name of He's a Pro won race one, right? Yes. At, a, at a big price. It was quite funny. Around fourth in a 60 plus. Yeah, not comes out a week later, then goes out 25 to one in a maiden. Like, yeah. Magic Mike. Mm, you know, our man. Him, our man. Get around strikes. him. Rivalry Galore was an inferior run to He's a Pro, and that instantly just told me I can never back Rivalry Galore at the moment. Well, I every, shouldn't, every we shouldn't be backing Rivalry Galore every game. But, mm. um, no, nah, look, it's I guess it's not a complete impossibility, but won't ever be getting mine. Um, no, look, I, I, think, I think that there was a pretty ordinary – I'll say it was an ordinary steer on final chill last week. I just didn't understand what she was doing. Like, I didn't like. We've seen final chill succeed at uh, three in a row. Yep, three in a row, and then Pikey got held up from an inside gate. It wasn't his fault. It was super over the thirty-one hundred in the Jericho Cup qualifier. But, yeah, it was um, fifty-nine. It was good. She just they 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 walked issue early, which final chill wants them to go slowly so it can circle easier, and she just ambled up three wide and stayed there. And just really softly just stayed there. Like she obviously hadn't watched its replays or hadn't, I don't know what she was. She you had to get into the horse. And I think it whether it needs a real strong, aggressive jockey, but it, this isn't your normal, this is your type of horse where you make the move and you keep going with the move. You yeah. don't stop. She tried to stop three deep outside of well, did, did she stop or was that did, the question. Did, I think Chris Parnham, that was a he bit of a, that was masterful. Yeah. If yeah. you watch the, yeah. the if you see the Akati data from 800 home, he's basically benchmark, benchmark, benchmark. Yeah. So I, I think she could have pushed walking, on harder. Or she needed to go earlier. Yeah, But it was a 10 out of 10 for uh, Maricino was the lay of the day last week. And yeah. I reckon I was a bit stiff there because you were, I'm yeah. not laying it if Trapper Fools is, yeah, exactly. is coming out. Yeah. So I'm and, still I'm still and, counting my record this. Uh, did they come for you on Twitter? Oh, a guru laying Maricino. Uh, one or two little texts <laughs> came in and I said, well, I laid it before Trapper Fools is in the race. Jeez, it was the only leader if not. But give us um, a spell. Hey, give us a spell, you yeah, piss off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I think you'll see a really aggressive ride, Final Chill. Whether or not Final Chill's had enough, I don't know, but um, can definitely steal this with yep. Mitchie Payton back on. Um, yeah, I do think Come Right Back will keep winning. I thought last week, um, it was funny on the, the Wild West with Crip, he actually gave Lactar at the ride of the day. Mm-hmm. And I said, mate, I was – because I was actually on uh, Dan South, something very small. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, I said I was actually disappointed that he handed up and mm-hmm. went that slowly. Like I associate Come Right Back with a nice tough horse on speed, roll along, make it a proper staying race. So I thought to be able to hand up on the back of Maserati, pick up and sprint and still beat home a horse like Secret Pearl who had the momentum up. I still thought that was a really nice win. And it was I a think, good win. I think with the 58, it's weighted to keep on winning but, as long but, as Lactar rides it correctly. The thing that I liked about it the other day, not only did it pick up, but he sort of – uh, Lacta had to sort of bump his way out of mm-hmm. out into into space, yep. so it wasn't um, it wasn't as if it was an uninterrupted sort of um, building momentum run. He actually had to sort of bump, get off balance, balance up again, and pick up and go between horses and win. So lots of merit in the performance. Exactly right, and so, especially after being lit up early to cross and yeah, lead from from yeah. nine. So not many horses can do it at both ends, can yeah. they? No, it was good. Yeah, so nine pretty keen uh, that come right back. But I just think this will be one of those sticky run staying races where there's a chance if he hands up early to something, say it is a proceeds of crime or a um, whatever else may roll forward. Maserati takes a sit here, I think. But if he hands up and then others go around him, you could end up three or four back the fence, on, and that's not where you probably want to be with come right back. But um, look, I've marked come right back three fifteen final chill four eighty. So I'm taking this race on in an aggressive type manner in that sense and i'm pretty happy making come right back my result and um and saving on final chill we can get some fours and i think final chill will trade seven eight bucks 
type thing. So pretty uh, pretty happy playing that pair and, and Secret Pearl is probably my danger. But um, yeah, from um, from barrier nine, five bucks, 480, I think yeah. that's bare bones for me with Secret Pearl. I've got about 750. So when it comes from that three, they'll be the only three going in my quadrilla. Yeah, okay. I, I concur with everything you say. Just replace Final Chill with Black Shadow for mine. Mm -hmm. not, not ready to give up on him. Just got caught breezing the other day and Maserati made that move and sort of had to track him up as well. Just let, let was left a little bit vulnerable, whereas its previous runs over 1,800 metres just got the run of the race and was just produced at the right time um, by Jason Brown, whereas last start, I think there was a scratching, wasn't there? Treat Yourself came out, mm. which sort of half changed the yeah. a little bit of the map. And um, so from two, if Black Shadow can get get some get some uh, cover I think he's a better better horse in ridden in that fashion he can he can rebound so for me it's come right back black shadow um, I think they're gonna fight out the finish I was four dollars come right back 480 black shadow they were the they were the only two that really uh, interested me I've got black shadow double figures Oof. I just when I take one on I take one on though you know me yeah. um, final chill is it a knock or what's the reasoning there uh, I mean, just I'm actually interested because I'm. It's a he's a hard horse to place, isn't he? No knock. I marked him six fifty. Yeah. So okay. no, no real knock. I just he just yeah. I just he haven't been able to. to, to yeah, I just haven't been able to. He's, he's done a really good job this prep actually. Um, I just haven't been able to work out how he's going to win this race. Watch him get set alight properly. Properly, here, yeah. properly. Mitchell yeah. had the handlebars down from a long way out. Yeah, yeah. He um he did whack. Secret Pearl two starts ago, didn't he? Yep. Um, final chill. So should have won. If you, if he probably, up, probably, should, probably should have won the Jericho qualifier as well. He's yeah. pretty stiff in the run there. And before that, he's whacked Crystal Valley. Before that, he's whacked Crazy by a fair margin. Mm. And um, stays stays really he needs to be needs to be ridden to maximise his, his exactly his uh, and he his staying his he staying ability. Yep. So um, and then yeah, so uh, you might get a few phone calls from um, Team Taylor about whether you want to lay. Black Shadow or not. Yeah, go on. No, um, I'll lay him. I'll lay him this week. This just, this just allowed me to weave in uh, Pete McCormick's tweet. They got some traction, didn't oh. they? I'm not saying I won't do it. I'm ready to go. The, the natives – I've just got the, the back foot, are, but a Jeffrey Boycott about that, the, wasn't there? The natives have got the um, – the restless. Mate, I'm ready. Hey? I'm ready to go. Yeah. Go pick up some horse. Has, I can do that. So you haven't boxes. had the phone call from Jimmy yet? No, I've been waiting. Yeah. I've been waiting for the phone call from um, from one of the tailors, but yeah. uh, no, no, none, none as yet. So ready to go. I was actually going to message Lockie. We're going to get Lockie on very soon again. Um, but yeah, let's, let's make, make it happen. Eh? Let's make it happen. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready, but I'm not, I don't really want to do it. So I'm not going to push it. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm coming down, but if they say, all right, this is when it's happening, I'll, I'll get involved. So. Yeah. You need a bit of a heads up too, because you need to be equipped for the, for the, for the journey to Bullsbrook. Mm. Eh? Cause that's a bit. As long yeah. as they don't give me spilling over stable because it'll kick, it'll kick me or something. I'll, <laughs> I'll get injured. I'm already financially injured from that horse, so um, that that's the only horse I refuse to. Um, I think we need to get a group photo with, with spilling over oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely it has to happen. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll, our people will talk to their people and we'll make it happen soon. I'm nodding my head. On location, Bullsbrook. I'm nodding my head. All righty. Here uh, it is. Time for the big one. It's the Breast Cancer Research Centre of WA Roma Cup. This is an absolute thriller, thrilling edition of uh, Group 3. 200. This is this is a $200,000 standard weight for age race. This is this is worthy of a half million dollars. Yeah. Um, I, I really believe wholeheartedly that we should make a, a big thing about these winter weight for age races these um they're just every year they deliver 
and every year that people people aren't getting value for money like they're um like this is as i said this is a this is a half million dollar group two worthy race and we're racing for less than half of that at group three status so um i, I even think and i think i said this last year that we should come up with a like a, a series bonus scheme where the there's a points winner and they get they get a, they get some sort of crown or or, or or some sort of cash bonus or whatever because just idea. just just to encourage them to run in the the twelve the fourteen the sixteen or or, or even the two thousand uh, which is the Strickland yeah so it's Roma Cup Belmont Sprint Hyperion Strickland and then whoever accumulates the most points in those four races wins whatever and just just uh, creates that real buzz and gives us a real sort of we have the masters at uh, spring summer in, in november december we need to create a carnival type theme in the in the middle of the year to celebrate these these horses and what a what a race to celebrate like we've got we've got talent coming out of every saddlecloth number every saddlecloth number in the 16, 16 horse field and you weren't going with orifice were you sorry orifice <laughs> i've gone down the wrong, uh, gone um, the wrong we've already yeah. spoken to to uh, michael gangemi situation <laughs> mm. uh, about rock magic and uh briefly ever so briefly about floyd but uh of course we have um just it's just there's just guns everywhere, left, right, and center. Terry, you wrote an in-depth horse-by-horse preview analysis for the Betfair Hub, betfair.com.au, which you published yesterday, which was shared widely on, on Twitter. So you've gone deep. The race deserved it, didn't you've it? You've gone deep. And Dig Deep's not even in the field, and you've, no. still, you've still licked your, licked your lips, and you thought, hang on, I'm, I'm going to get stuck right in. What did, what did all that time and all that effort, what did it come up with? Well, on on speculation to some degree, but uh, trusting the Morton Yard, we both we're both big fans. I think of trusting the Morton Yard, but um, look, I, I do believe um, that Elite Street speed map wise, I it's quite incredible how it's worked out. And um, sometimes you can tell the depth of a race by some of the longer shots prices. And you're seeing Valor Road at sixteen seventeen dollars. That was arguably one of the runs of the Northern Sprint, unheralded runs of the Northern Sprint, considering what went wrong during the run. But that tells you how did, deep did this is. Did anyone races. get time for that? Don't believe so, but yeah. I haven't really looked into it. Yeah, because it was that. Yeah, okay. So what happened to Fellow Road was it was crowding at the top and he sort of clipped heels and yep. almost fell. Brad yep. said he was lucky to stay on board. Yep. So um, Brad Rawill, interesting after obviously Brad won the winter bottom on him. Chris Parnham gets the ride in the late straight, but Chris probably is Danny Morton's number one hope. Um, I think if he's available at yeah. the time. So yeah. I don't think that was obviously a decision by Brad, unless he'd made an early booking with Valor Road. But look, I, <clears throat> from a speed map point of view, VJ, we'll, we'll start at the at the beginning. We'll go to the contents page. Mm -hmm. um, do you think Caracapo just crosses? Or do, do you think, I don't know, I've watched it a few times now. I do think Massimo will probably not have the speed over 1,200 to hold up. But I, I don't think they'll be willing to say we're definitely not leading. And then money matters from nine. Isn't isn't a complete impossibility to try and scorch across them either, but My probably map. Caracapo. My map, money matters leads, Velvet King outside leader, Massimo leaders oh. back, Caracapo 1-1. One, one. I'll, I'll have a coffee with a Velvet King doesn't get to the breeze. Surely not. Doesn't have the dash to get to the breeze, does it? Mitchie Payman gets those chicken, yeah, he does. She get no, those chicken right. wings flapping and Shades they just, on. Yep, and they just, they just, uh, they just grow who legs. Was, who was 3D? I didn't have three. Oh, well, uh, oh. I, sorry, I, uh, ladies back, Massimo, Caracapo, 1-1. One, one. I thought Caracapo flamed out leading at Northern Miller Day. I reckon they'll be reluctant to lead on yep. Saturday. At Wayfrey. Free, yeah. free trade, three the fence, windstorm, four the fence type thing? Yes, yeah, something like that. You can't try and go too deep from there. It's a nine. No, I, I think I think free trade's an interesting runner. What, where's he at? 
do they want to use him early? Do they want to maybe ride him a little bit more, a little bit more conservatively, save some fuel because he popped pretty badly at Northern the other day? Yeah, he um, so do they really want to go hard second up um, to hold a spot? like the first four or five and running, but he might just be there naturally. But, yeah, I, I thought money matters, they'd be aggressive. Yep, they definitely will be. I uh, I can see that. Um, yeah, but I just, I just saw it from barrier six. With uh, from barrier five, uh, you got Caricarpo three as Massimo um, in uh, – where have we gone here? She's a light in four goes back. So, for me, it was just naturally going to get sucked into probably six spot yep. one off. And, and Elite Street's a really nice beginner and actually um, does settle on pace. And you were telling me before they're probably uh, – you think they'll probably look to probably settle him up and not settle too close to the speed, which is understandable. But he, he'll naturally, I think, just settle in about six, seventh spot here with cover and um, – Look, if he, if he, coiled, peels out and, up. he peels out and gets going, I don't think Rock Magic can sit in a three-wide line and beat him home. I don't think Valorode can lead up a three-wide line and beat him home. I would have been very keen Valorode each way if it had to draw a hole, but from that gate, it's a it's a nightmare. The Velvet King, I want, I want to see go around. I think this is a far deeper version over the 1,200, but if he finds the breeze, he can he can run a cheeky race. Cup night, I don't know if Lightning will strike twice again, willing to take on him. Massimo's the one I think will run a big, big race. Yeah, me too. Thought I'd see $20, though. 13 probably doesn't get me. I've got him 12, so. Bet fair late. Bet fair late, I'll, I'll save on the race at the 20 bucks. Um, and then, yeah, then you've got um, the rest. Dance Music, 13 bucks is the big unders for me. I've got Dance Music closer to 80, 90 to 1. Um, and then Flirtini, I just can't have uh, Pike off, Nucky on for a really difficult horse to ride at times. I'm willing to take it on. So Windstorms, the other runner, BJ. Now, I know that's the one, that's the runner you're leaning towards mm -hmm. and uh, it would not surprise me to see Pike come out and blouse him. But um, I just, I guess my query as I... I wrote in that uh, in that little write-up. My query is um, where he ends up on the fence and how tractable he is in the race. While Elite Street should be peeling, getting out, getting rolling, off he goes. Windstorm's probably going to have to gun him down. You think, Bejo? Yeah, but potentially. If, if the best, here's a question for you: mm -hmm. the best of the two turn up, best Elite Street, the best Windstorm, who wins? Elite Street. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just Elite Street's just. Had a tough 2021, really. He's, he's <laughs> he has, doesn't he? He's, he's, he started it's, here. It sounds like me. <laughs> he started here. He's gone to Melbourne. Like, basically, everything went wrong for him over there. The, the, the problem started was that Danny Morton couldn't actually be there for his first up run in the Lightning Stakes. And so he was looked after by Nicholas Ryan, who's a, who's a, outstanding young trainer in his own right but he didn't have the the dan morton polish and things went to went to shit really first up in the lightning um had some real issues over there danny was able to get over there patch him up he went around in the new market and he was just ridden upside down faced the breeze too close and then he went around in the what's that race called the william reed and again that was the mass crusader william pike race and again he was probably just a bit close to the speed while also um, was probably coming to the end of a, a really challenging preparation. So what I've learned from that is that they'll be reluctant to ask Elite Street for anything early. I really believe they feel as though he's just a horse, you just got to ride um, quietly, conserve and let him let him launch late. You reckon, so where do you reckon you'll be in the run? Uh, but the, 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 beauty, so well. the beauty of six is he could, like what you said, mm. is he can be – he can sort of fall out and still be midfield, basically. Or do you know what I mean? So six is a great, great gate for him on mm -hmm. Saturday. My concern is just the toll that it takes going over there, having a, a sort of a uh, you know a, a program that cooked everyone involved in. Then he's got to come back, start again. Hasn't probably hasn't really had much time off. This is where 
the good trainers earn their money. So is the, is, if, if Dan Morton has been able to get to Elite Street, have him happy, healthy, ready to fire, then he probably just wins, really. And I can understand exactly what you wrote in your preview. So it's about, it's about you, I reckon you have just absolutely hit that nail on the head. And it's about what price yep. you are willing to take to find out and to trust Danny Morton if he if he's um yeah, if he's done the job. You know, three dollars twenty, three thirty, you probably probably aren't. But if he's coming into this in form, he probably starts two sixty, right? Yep. So I feel at the four fifty, four sixty, four eighty, I think, around as well. That's the price. Four sixty dollars. That's yeah, yep. you're four sixty. Yep. I, Look, I've marked him very low threes. Yeah. Um, I have. I have probably have a lot of trust in Danny Morton. Um, and when when he says he's got a horse going well, well 90 percent of the time the horse the, is going very very and well. The, the job helps. And obviously the hoop helps as well. Yeah, yeah Chrissy Palm's um, absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, it's funny, we, we spoke about earlier about blanket marking races. Mm-hmm. And this is a race where I think they all came together a bit. They're all a bit too a bit close. compact. Yeah. There's some horses. And you say it's funny, Cup Night, six fifty seven bucks. I reckon Cup Night will trade. 10, 11, 12. He, always, he kind of always does though, doesn't he? He know? does. Yeah. Yep, he does. I, I think you'll find Dance Music trades $40, bet fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of these will end up thickening out in the market, if you like. Uh, Flirtini with Nakion will probably go eights out to sort of 14s, 15s, Velvet, 18s. Velvet, Velvet King will blow. Velvet King should blow, yep. but uh, geez, Darren loves him. He loves he loves telling people how good he is as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And the owners don't mind having a bet on him. Money so, matters um, will blow, I reckon. Yeah, money matters will blow. There's, there's a lot of blowing. Rock Magic will get out to over 20 to 1 if he starts. Um, Valor Road's the one that will stay firm. I'm surprised he's actually 17, 18 to 1, but I can't have him winning from the gate, so it's probably fair enough. I think I've got him 15, 16. So, um, look... As BJ said, it, it, it for me it just comes down to if Elite Street's right, um, and then I I don't know something about Windstorm's wins over East in the in the listed in Group Three. Unconvinced. Uh, the, they were good wins. Mm. I just I don't know. I need to I just need to see it from Windstorm again. Yep. You know, uh, me and Windstorm have a bit of a, uh, bit, of a bit of <laughs> bit of history. Mm. <laughs> Not Superstorm. Uh, have a little bit of history. Um, yeah, look, I think come the Belmont Sprint, Windstorm will probably give them Windburn, um, but. Uh, over the 1,200. It'll be really, really interesting. And do you know what it could be, BJ? Pike versus Parnham. Yeah. I – look, I think I've just been a bit cheeky whacking Windstorm in on top in the in the, in the leg up. Um, it was more so – got to remember that Windstorm missed a period of uh, time yeah. racing and I think he's probably a prep behind where we, where we thought he would be. So he was taken over with – the good horses. Who'd you go there with? Showmanship. Um, who else was Perfect there? Uh, Caddy Queen, um, Superstorm. They all went over then, and he he was he was brought over as a ratings horse. He was hopefully going to win his way through to and then compete in a Golden Eagle, which he did, and he did everything that was asked of him. Mm-hmm. But I just think the preparation just just don't forget he did really well during his Belmont prep as well. So I think the preparation just got a bit big big on him late, and he ran into a heavy nine in the, in the Golden Eagle and. He's- Yep. He's surprised he's 102 rated. I, when I looked at that, I thought, how's he got up to there? But he, he, he's got some reasonable whacks for the, the handicap wins. They get the five points over there, it appears. His biggest whack was, uh, I think, he, when he ran second at Flemington yeah, that day. Yeah. He went from 82, 82 to a 90. 90 yeah. Yeah. I reckon he's been poorly treated by the handicap. It doesn't matter in yep. this because I was looking at things. He actually looks at 102. The weight for age thing isn't isn't horrible. But um, the weight for age aspect is the one that got me. This is a bit, It's a big step up to but, take him all. And he's only won level. one listed race. Yeah, exactly right. So he's, when you when you line him up if he's if he's won one listed race in western australia he's he's a uh what would be he'd be a 90 between a 94 and a 98 yeah, floyd's rating top yeah so, so yep. now he's a, he's a 102 I, I i think um so so my point in 
locking in Windstorm on top was I think Gate 1's a good draw for him. Uh, and I, I'm just trying to predict elevation. I think a lot of these horses, we know what they can do, we know what their ceiling is. We don't necessarily know with Windstorm yet. I like the way that he just sort of ambled to the line under under little pressure from Pike in, in his 27 April trial behind Condor Heroes. I know this horse has got a stack of talent and um, – if he gets galloping room and if things fall into place and he has the uh, that elite ability to challenge elite street, they're the mm-hmm. two for mine. Yep. They're the two. They're the, the two young horses on the way up who still have um, who still have their best racing ahead of them, perhaps. So even though Elite Street is already a Group One winner, but I think you know where I'm going with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what Elite Street's had? How many starts? He's had eleven for five wins. Windstorms had twelve for seven wins. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating wait for age winter series. I'm just I just locked in Windstorm on top. But to be honest, you know I'm a Elite Street Windstorm both of them. Really might even be able to back both of them and try to win on the race. And do you know who's going to blouse us both? Tell me, rock magic. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he can, but geez, I, you know what? I've, 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 and I'll openly say I've had an absolute launch at Elite Street. Like yep. I've marked it far shorter, so I'm very, very happy to jump in at the price. But I would genuinely be ecstatic to see Rock Magic win that race. Yep. I won't have a cent on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll be ecstatic to see Rock Magic win that race. I agree. If, if he goes around, same with me with Cup Night. He's one of my all-time faves, and uh, and um, well, it's on the same level of enthusiasm if Cup Night wins it. That's just yeah. But yeah, that's. Uh, that's yeah. I don't know. Has he forgotten us again? We did barely ever mention Cup Night there once. Well, it's it's just with with Cup Night. He's just he's just uh, such a good horse. But he's just, he's get back, run on. All I'll say if you're back you in know? Cup Night, don't take the six bucks. No, you no. will get double figures the exchange. Um, yeah, he's a horse that you tend to get the the price for late. But as we often say, no one rides. Oh. One horse better than Patrick Carberry rides Cup Night. It's like Lillian Marsh, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's six, sunny and sure, Ren and Stimpy. It is incredible how well Pat, who is actually in a bit of bit of form at the moment, Carberry's Paddy, riding yeah, like a jet. Yeah, and he, him and Cup Night are like peas and carrots. They have mm. fed income. They uh, get along so well. So that, but yeah, again, they're healthy. What, they're healthy for your bank balance. <laughs> too, <aren't they? laughs> what What more can you say about the Breast Cancer Research Centre of WA Roma Cup? Uh, again. Perth Racing, Racing Wagering, if you're listening, let's make this the the winter bottom of the winter. Let's make this a real oh, feature. The winter. And uh, it is just a just a, such a good race. It is year in, year out. Let's make it a real uh, a real feature of uh, West Australian racing. Winter's coming. Yep, it sure is. So, All right. So Elite Street? Elite Street for me. Windstorm. Let's go. Okay. And hopefully Rock Magic knocks us both out. Uh, race number nine. Oh, hang on. Uh, hang race on. number nine. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Put the brakes on. Is this yeah. the last for us, Scott, by the way? For the season? Yeah, I think midweek they go elsewhere next week. Do they? Josh and I, I think, oh yeah, I think they go on Pinjarra. Yeah. yeah, I think this yeah. might be the last uh, of the Ascot season. And I love the name of the race. Obviously, it's the Get Out Stakes, BJ. S T E A K S. But I love they've dropped a little Quay clean on me. <laughs> a little bit of a key clean, just a little bit of a. I, I, I struggle to get my uh, my tongue around at times, but uh, the, good uh, stuff. I reckon the powers at be yeah. just doing a little bit of trolling here. A little here. bit of funnies, yeah. A little bit of trolling here. But yes, Terry, you nailed it, mate. It is. It is the get out stakes. The extremely popular, extremely Twitter based competition brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canning Bell Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, the great man, he was another one who was in fine form at my 40th on Saturday night. Thanks for coming along, Timmy. Him and his team run the show, drop in, say good day. 
um, Timmy and his team, they will look after you. That is for sure and certain. Congratulations to episode 75 jackpot winner, Josh Hewitt. He was uh, fair dinkum. Bruce Almighty gives a spell. He was nearest to pin with his Bruce Almighty 0.10 length prediction. The margin was 0.05 oh, length. That's like controversy. That's like half a nose, mm. a quarter of a nose. Controversy. Uh, and um, DC, Daniel Cripps, was. He was claiming it on at your party. Yeah. He was telling me it's all over. I got yeah. me stakes. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he was he, he was he was mistaken. He was yeah, yeah. he was actually leaving the party and going to hang out in front of Market City Meets until I opened <laughs> it next week. He was that confident, but uh, he was beaten by 0. 0.01 of a length. Mm. Uh, I think uh, one of our um, friends of the podcast, Sean Hamilton, he was uh, he was on the exact same margin as Cripper. So the Sam White rule would have had to come into play. So it was all happening. Oh. And one of the delays was is that there was no decimal margin on Racing Australia, which is why it had to be pushed back until correct weight was uh, determined on Monday. But Joshy Hewitt, he was too good. He got the $100 worth of gourmet meats from our friends at Market City, and uh, no doubt he'll be getting stuck in uh, this weekend, firing up the barbie. Now, to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, please let us know who you think will win the Way Clean Handicap Race 9 at Ascot on Saturday. Uh, Who you think will win a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Terry, remember, don't forget, how can you? The Sam White rule. First in, best past the post. Now, BJ, uh, last of the day, last of the Ascot season. Been a long old season, been a good track. Christy Nation, tremendous job with the amount of racing it's been done here. But looking forward to Belmont, but let's try and go out a uh, a winner. Um, good little push from Michael Jimmy for Highland Beats um, earlier, earlier on. Um, for me, it maps super. They knew uh, last start, didn't they? Well, I think the price just got to the right price in the end, didn't it? I, I, I was uh, I was away, so I only did very little form for the meeting. But um, yeah, quick notes. I had it sort of mid threes, and I think the price just sort of got to the right price. Sometimes they just get it wrong. A bit like Guns and Navarone yesterday. I yeah. mean, it sort of goes up your eighteen bucks. So I think it just sort of got to your ten, eleven dollars late. It's where it probably should have been. Um, even potentially shorter. Easy now in retrospect. But look, I, I think this is a race where um, Chalknetty leads. I'm lacking trust in Chalknetty with the scratchings and. The 56 days between runs. So Charlton Eddie goes forward, Captain Kink Bros. Smells like issues, doesn't it, with Charlton Eddie? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. To me, it's just a bit of a tired horse. A bit like a sassy trader as well. I think uh, it's just a bit of a tired Ch- horse. Uh, sorry, who'd you say? Charlton Eddie, Captain Kink? Yeah. Yeah, they were my two. Yeah, easy, obvious too. Highland Beats, the most obvious horse just to park on them. Yep. Um, the rest of them don't have a huge amount of speed, so Highland Beats should park right on them. Then from Barrier 6. Nerodio actually has a lot more gate speed. Than, Are we gonna um, we're gonna whack cre- him in there? You could do, but I don't think they'll want him in the one one if they're mm-hmm. gonna go hard out on top. I yep. think he'll be happy just stalking Highland Beat, but it could be one one. But he'll be fourth to sixth. Yep. Nerodio, um, look, I, I don't think from there he gets beaten. This is really simple stuff. First up, I think he's peaked at the twelve hundred meters, needed the run. Second up, back to the thousand, was taking ground off Miss Kentucky late, beat Riverboat Gemma's son, Miss Thistletasha. Really nice race. Good. Horse. Great use of Lactar's claim. Maps brilliantly. Um, yeah, I think that Nerodio just wins, and um, my market, my market's Nerodio. I think two seventy Highland Beat six bucks. So they're currently about three twenty and eleven. So money back Highland Beat Nerodio for a result. Pretty simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's finish with a winner. I don't even think you need to ask me who I tip. Surely. Ah, you're going to go for our hard luck, <laughs> our hard luck story last campaign. <laughs> Gee whiz, I, I can see that too. I can see Shit. that. Yeah, I, I can see that. Got out of the gates nicely in the trial, didn't she? Yeah. So the horse it's naughty by nature. Naughty BJ's by nature. disgusting. Sorry. I really just wanted to hear you sing the song. Yeah. 
We've came here to party. <laughs> Throw your hands up, everybody. Let's celebrate. Party going on. Okay. You got it. Mm. Naughty by nature. We cut, we cut that out. Thanks, Jen. Um. No, no way. Uh, naughty by nature. I, I had her on top all eight starts, mm. last preparation, and I my faith was repaid with one measly victory, uh, and that was sort of hard, hard in mouth stuff as well. And who did she beat that? Elementaria, because I had yep. a crack at the 60s Elementaria that day. I hate this horse. NBN. Yeah, well, the one time I wasn't on yeah. would have been the day that she knocked off Elementaria at any a price. Huge, yeah, at yeah, any yeah. price. Yeah. And I was, um, yeah, that was I think that horse of Trevor so. Andrews ran third in that race. What's it called? MTA was in yeah, that okay. race as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so, gee whiz, I think I'm negative significantly naughty by nature. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, not a good ROI. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. I'm gonna. I'm keeping the faith. Yeah, why not? Keep the faith. Remember, first up, last prep, there was bottles I of Moe being promised down in the. Uh, well, you would have. She would have won. Yeah, well, Dom to shoot one. I reckon she goes very close. Luke's gold ran second. Yeah. So yeah, Luke's uh, gold was still going on the same prep until about three weeks ago as well. Naughty by nature. Combination of bad luck and running into some talented horses restricted her to only one win last preparation. But she's better than that. Uh, she trialed really, really well behind. We've got dreams uh, at Larkhill recently. Coiled up, rails in run, CJP where he does some of his best work, just needs gaps to appear, look out in the rodeo. Here comes Naughty by Nature. That's why I'm going in the last guru in the get-out stakes. Naughty by Nature on top. Nerodio, class runner, in form, obvious standout horse to beat. But for me, if, if something is going to beat Nerodio, it might be Naughty by Nature flashing. Uh, Moshad in career best form, flying. That was the only other thing that I wanted to mention. All right, Nerodio, save Highland Beat. Think Moshard's looking for 1,400 now um, off the seven days. That's the reason I was willing to take Moshard on to some degree. Plus, yep. I think Nerodio will have field advantage. So um, pretty keen. Nerodio in the last of the day. BJ. All right. It is time for our Betfair best betting propositions of the day. Terry. Uh, race number five, Graceful Girl. Grace. Grace. Yeah, very happy. Three dollars thirty, three forty around as well. So uh, very backable price for me. Cerise and White. Cerise and White, an up and comer, ready to go, Vort- nice and furnished. Vortex. Been a while. It has been a while. It has yeah. been a while. I think there's been a few moderate ones coming back, but I think there might be a couple of sharp ones uh, headlined by memorable miss later today, which will uh, would have already run and been won or lost. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think Graceful Girl will get the job done and I think she might string several in a row together. Okay. My bet fair best, race four, number one, that's funny as. If this fellow turns up breathing fire like he has done all prep, straight to the front, Matty Derrick on board, and I think he should be too good. Uh, mad, mad, mad. Uh, struggle for one today, BJ. There yep. weren't uh, too many, but uh, I did say earlier in the program I thought that um, – Uni Queen could have just about beaten Bazoom home um, when they met two starts ago. Uni Queen had no luck since. Hasn't been able to draw a gate. Hasn't been able to get out the gates either. But um, I can't see Bazoom being three bucks, two ninety. Some agencies Uni Queen twenty one dollars, especially when it's drawn a hole inside. And I think um, you can pay to have a bet there. So um, Uni Queen race number two. Uni Queen race two for Terry. Uni Queen. Uni Queen. Uh, Uni Queen. Uh, my Maddie, this horse, I've been following him all prep. He's done nothing, zero, naught. Mm, time to he, get on then. He's due. Race, <laughs> race seven, number four, Bonneville Black will be any old price. $35 best available. Reckon it'll be even better on the day. Yeah, Fred's last winner. Uh, tell me. More City in early March. Is that right? Yeah. And why isn't a kid riding this horse? Yeah. I just think he's just, I didn't mind the way they hit the line the other day with more positive tactics, down in weight. Bonneville Black, we could get a bit of a spike from him. Big price. 
All right, I do like that actually. If they ride him aggressively, mm. that's the only way to win on him. But yeah, I'd l- love to see a kid on. Imagine yeah. getting with 53 here. Um, but he's a real Belmont horse yep. as well. Uh, lay of the day, BJ. Lay of the day, race nine, number two, Charlton Eddy. Yeah, I'm very happy taking on Charlton Eddy. Uh, toss up, Billy Ray, not to be missed. I'm going to go with not to be missed uh, in race number four. Everything went right last start. We'll go back um, on a day that will probably suit those closer to the speed. Goes up a lot in weight, not to be missed. Race number four, currently 390. Think trades a lot higher. Very Enjoy. good. All right. That brings us to the end of a, another episode of The One One, episode 76. Uh, thank you to, uh, to Michael, Jan, Jimmy for coming on the situation earlier. Uh, cracking chat with Michael. Uh, very frank, honest man. Love his journey in racing. Love his journey in life, to be honest with you. Yeah, let's hope Rocky goes around, eh? Yeah, let's hope he does. Yeah. Let's hope he does. I understand what they're saying as well. They've, and it's really good to hear that the horse's welfare comes first in that sense. But, um, yeah, really hoping he does go around. And uh, while I will be uh, having a crack at a different nag in that race, I, I just about give up the victory to uh, see Rock Magic come down the outside and uh, and knock him off. And, um, Jay, the, the roof will be lifted off the Rock Magic Bar that uh, that evening um, during the night if that occurs, BJ. But, um, yeah, no, good luck uh, to everyone uh, having a bet in the Roma Cup. Enjoy the day at the track, and um, I'm looking forward to previewing Belmont next week with you, BJ. But until then, on the 1-1. One, one.